1: Good morning, welcome along to Tip Today on this Friday morning. A very special tip today indeed because we are live from the main street in Cashel for a very special uh, programme. We're here because the Cashel Arts Festival is up and running. Uh, running, It kicked off in great style last night at lovely brew Baru. So you can take your pick from music, dance, visual arts, film, theatre, workshops, family events and literature events as well. And we'll be reflecting all that's happening in the Cashel Arts Festival throughout the programme uh, this morning. Um, lots coming up on the programme as usual though, because we'll be speaking to Johnny Luby in just a little while. He's here with us in the outside broadcast uh, unit. We have some live music and uh, we'll be speaking to some unique dancing groups who will be taking part in the festival and of course the Friday panel will unpack the big topics of the week live from Cashel this morning. So you can still uh, text and WhatsApp 083 311 Of course you can email Today at tipfm.com Let's have a quick look at what's making headlines in your newspapers today. The Irish Daily Mail and their headline, 60k for 20 hours a week, taking first city photographs. So if you're a photographer out there, you might be interested to know that RTE is still seeking... A photographer for Fair City, €60,000 annually for just 20 hours' work a week, despite announcing a new recruitment freeze. So you might be interested in that, the Irish Indo. And they're leading with that uh, story about the mailman, whose wife died after they both contracted botulism during a Rugby World Cup weekend in Bordeaux. Um, They were due to go on honeymoon. The woman who was from Greece was initially uh, discharged from hospital before her condition uh, deteriorated, and her husband is in ICU in Paris, while a Monaghan friend who dined with the couple in Bordeaux is being treated in Barcelona. Now, right across the newspapers uh, today, there's images of Patrick Kielty ahead of his first uh, Late Late Show. Um, uh, tonight and uh, he's telling us in the Irish Indoor that he got a little message from Ryan Tuberty wishing him well so isn't that all nice and sweet and stuff the Irish Times And they're leading with a story that the billionaire businessman, Luke Comer, has had his license to train racehorses suspended for three years after 12 of his string tested positive for anabolic steroids. Also an image of Kilty on the front of the Times today. The decision by the European Central Bank, the ECB, to raise its interest rates to the highest level since the launch of the euro will cause some financial hardship, as you can imagine, to homeowners and would-be homeowners and push more people into mortgage arrears, and that's according to industry analysts there. And a final look at the Irish Examiner. Interesting story there that I would imagine will annoy some people because emergency powers, including compulsory purchase of land, should be used to deliver six new reception and integration centers for asylum seekers, an advisory body has recommended. And finally, um, the ECB there, again, the European Central Bank, are refusing to cr- confirm if the latest interest rate hike of 0.25% will be the last in the regulator's aggressive campaign to drive down inflation. So that's a look at what's making headlines in our newspapers today. As I say, live from Cashel this morning, we're here on the main street. We're outside of Davern's shop, the iconic Davrin shop here opposite the plaza. And Johnny Luby is with me. He's in situ in Cashel today. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning. And, uh, good, to and uh, good, good to see you today. Let me see if I can get that uh, mic working a little bit better for you there. Johnny, just say hello to me again. Uh, hello, friend. Oh, that's, yes. that's, that's much better now altogether. So tell me about Cashel, Johnny, because
2: um, 54 years ago, um, there was a rather <laughs> special event here in Cashel for you. That's right, Jeff. and I have always great memories of Cashel from going to school and that. And 54 years ago next week, because <laughs> uh, uh, I've written down in a diary, I got my first kiss. Uh, below outside the cattle mouth and it wasn't from a bloody cow frying <laughs> in case you think it the was. romance <laughs> of it all outside the cattle
1: mouth
2: yeah outside the cattle mouth i know the spot and the whole lot but uh yeah i thought all my birthdays came together Do you know when you would be a young fella that time we hadn't a clue what we had anything for <laughs> but uh, yeah wonderful times in cash and of course when you look at daverns here across the road a uh, 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 a name that's synonymous Isn't it with, just, with the for trend, donkey yeah. shears you know yeah. top class people and that even I remember when they had the bear here we used to win there with Biddy Hickey the, uh, oh, and all of Biddy, those you yeah. know she was one, fantastic wasn't oh, yeah, it? from one, Dominic Street it oh was, yeah, yeah from Dominic Street wonderful people and then you go down then you had McInerney's who were the salt of the earth uh, they were they are where Paddy Powers is now and then you're Grogan's below like I'd always be have fond memories of Rogans yeah. going in and out of the shops and uh, everything else yeah. you know. we're looking
1: across to the Kilkenny shop which was Burke's of course the that's great right yeah. Michael Mickey Borks, Borks you know a you wonderful
2: holler and a, a great person and, and, and singer And singer, was, oh yeah top class yeah. and that oh Mickey Bork, I think he sang at our wedding did he? did yeah. you it took him a week you to recover you <laughs> know. But, uh, yeah a wonderful person yeah. and then of course the new addition here I think it's absolutely brilliant is the Cashel Palace yeah. you know I'd been here the night at the county board draw and to me it's superb Uh, I didn't get a chance to go back in again but I certainly will, you know it's it, it, it's wonderful for Tipperary people to say we have the Cashel Palace. I know we have uh, the Manila, we have Hilton's uh, Hotel, we have all the top class mm-hmm. places. The one in there as you come into town, yeah, yeah. you know it, they're wonderful. But it's brilliant for Cashel to have the, the palace, you mm-hmm. know, and, right, uh, right, the yeah, right, right
1: in the centre.
2: That's right, yeah, and it brings a, a, a nest nice load of tourists around, you know, and the spin-off then for the likes of Bailey's and the, those mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. establishments again, it's fantastic, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't it great? Uh, and to see the town flourish when other towns, the centre of other
1: towns seem to be diminishing you know, and business right, leaving yeah. themselves, and to well, see this
2: growing yeah, all the time. Cash you know. see if, uh, huge things going for them, they have tremendous car parks, they're like super value, a wonderful addition here on the main street, they have everything there in super value, I know the other people Aldis uh, and Liddles and all those, mm. uh, and Tesco's and else, but uh, like uh, it's wonderful here on the main street and then you have the parking just here beside the palace as well, which, are, which will hold plenty of cars, you have good parking on the main street, they've everything going for them you know, yeah. uh, and that And but I
1: remember there being a huge row about taking the parking away from where the
2: plaza is now, but it was the best thing that ever happened to the town, because look at it now, it's that's gorgeous. right, yeah, yeah, the places, you know the, yeah. the eating houses there are fantastic you know, you can go to any one of them, they're free and it's always wonderful, and up in ladies as yeah. well and, oh, you know, great, great, I've, yeah. I've tried them all, friend, and you uh, I did, yeah, and of course we have the man that cuts the hair below at the bottom of the town, Joe the barber, you know yeah. does he's, he look after you, he does? He does, and he's not yeah. getting any cheaper, and my hair is getting scarcer. You'd imagine he'd come back down or You're, something.
1: You, you better mention Brosnan's, which is a great old Oh, yeah, old Brosnan's. Uh, hey, well, yeah. Top
2: class. till the last uh, watering hole on the road out to Golden. You know, Golden and Cashel always have had uh, tremendous uh, links mm. back through the years. You know, we used to cycle in uh, from Golden into Cashel. Mentioning cycling, rumour has it that you were seen with a bell on your bike. I bought, your I bought a bicycle, Johnny. I, I bought said. a bicycle. Eamon Ryan has you converted. <laughs> 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 Uh, I'm going green, you see. Uh, That's what it is. Yeah, who do you green, think yeah. taught me that? I, I don't know, Nellie O'Connor. <laughs> it has to be Nelly O'Connor. <laughs> she said, "I'm telling you confidentially, Johnny." I said, "Leave it to me." But uh, yeah, uh, friend, you see, in uh, Cashel, then, like when, in the sporting things, like they have possibly what I would think is the best handball club in, in the oh, country. Friend, then friend, yeah. they have the rugby club, top-class, their seniors. Then they have Cashel King Cormac, a name their synonymous with hurling uh, for a long, long number of years. And uh, they've the soccer here in the town as well, and they've every kind of a a sporting facility there. They have pitch and court here, and you know, they have, yeah. I hate to say it, but they've top class undertakers as well. <laughs> I'd be trying leave, to leave ab- young leave <laughs> young David out of this. Though. I'd be David trying him. to avoid them and salute <laughs> them, you know. But uh, yeah, yeah friend, it is, you know. And I suppose uh, you're the the ballroom up here as well, yeah. you know. How in the, I mean? Filler, yeah. Yeah. the Filler, yeah. Like, hey, that was the place to go to. You do know? You,
1: do you remember when it was the tipland I, did, I, I do, yeah,
2: yeah. friend? The Mocker and Firma field evenings up there were oh, yeah. fantastic, you know, and the dancing afterwards, and you know the the, there was wonderful people in Charles Jimmy Forrester. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. there for uh, and, and Mr
1: Holmes. Was Mr there.
2: Holmes is right. Yeah, Bungie Holmes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then of course you'd have cinema up there with Patsy Lacey.
1: Oh, poor old Patsy. You know, and God Patsy was, Patsy was, was like
2: a guardian angel. Like you could be going in there with, into the picture, and would be looking for the back seat. Maybe uh, you'd be maybe fifteen, mm. and she might be fourteen. You know, and don't you know? by right now you, you'd have an old bag of uh, peanuts or something like that, and you'd have them on the lap, and Patsy would shine the light. <laughs> Where's your hands now? <laughs> you never got a chance to make oh progress God, I was Fancy, so fond you know? of him. He was fantastic. Uh, and, mm-hmm. that, of course, then you had Redmond's. Hey, they were the cobbler. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, on top the main class street class here. Yeah, yeah, near
1: near Alice Ryan's. No, yeah. that was
2: Willie Ryan Andy. Oh, was it? Oh, it was, Towards, yeah. Right. Redmond's was up on, on the, the Dublin Road. That's right, roller. yeah. Hey, yeah. Top, Ladies' Well Street. Yeah, tough class as well, oh, you know. Stop, God, yeah, the yeah, buff yeah. tonight. When you see him coming out after doing your pair of shoes and the apron on him and that, you know Hey, and of well, course. That's we'll, all gone now. Yeah, Dave Dunn's corner. I remember it well. Canopy Street. Canopy yeah. Street, you know, yeah. and you have Sean O'Dea down here. You have three or four top class chemist shops yeah. on Pottager or whatever you call it in Uh Neil and Goelga, Sean, go Uh uh But, uh, you know, like, uh, hey. Cash yeah. in my book had everything. That's great. Ahead and of course they, and they, they
1: managed to educate you as well at
2: the I end of the sound there with the CBS. Going. Of course which I was lucky. I had a great Joe Fahey and PJ Devon, uh, Joe Irwin. God, they bring back memories. Yeah, weren't they great? No, and uh, I often said it before, like uh, I was a big pet of Joe's. He'd send me up about twi- about half past ten, uh, up to, they were living across from the church, there, beside where Foley's are now, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the, the flask of tea and bring her down, and then I'd have to do a small bit of a shop below in Grogans. You know, and that the fact that they were teaching, uh, that Joe was teaching Tommy and and Joe used to give me maybe two shillings to get something, but I'd keep it, and I said, that's for Joe Fahey. Oh, just he's teaching Tommy, you know, and that's a tough job. Uh, <laughs> you can take down the biscuits for nothing, you know. <laughs>
1: all the secrets are there. I'm glad
2: you mentioned Foley's, because the great, great pub. Oh, yeah, the hey, great, are, all of them are here. You yeah. know, Callagy's in the yeah, corner. Yeah, it's yeah, wonderful to see, yeah. you know, Buttons is up there and ladies well, you know, and jeez's yeah. friend uh, Pat Fox is, of course, below, yeah, you know, yeah. and I... Uh, top knocks top yeah. to them sure, all sure you Pat, know. Pat has that's become an iconic problem, known all over the that's right yeah, you know, yeah. And yeah, it's I suppose in, in, in this uh, to the huge weekend fan in sport we have uh, four huge games in mm. senior hurling. the likes of Clonorty, Ross Moore playing to me Vera you have the Sarsfields playing Drummond Inch you have Ross Gray playing uh, I think this Holy Cross a lot more there and uh, then you have uh, Kildangan playing uh, Holy Cross. You know, every there's one of the matches tonight on Tip FM. or maybe around seven o'clock in Tullus uh, and that. And then you, of course you have the Premier Intermediate games. casual King Cormac's themselves, I think, are playing. Uh, is a Glen Goal. That'll be a, a mouth watering clash. You have lot Dorry. You have all the teams out as well. And then of course in our grade as well. Uh, intermediate hurling, you have Golden Kilfeagle taking on Drummond Inch's second team mm. Drummond Inch and the Southfields played a big game as well, but you have Golden Kilfeagle taking on Drummond Inch's second team and we have a few injuries, genuinely I'm not saying them for the sake of saying them, but we have a, at least one, if not two injuries uh, we will find it hard enough to beat Drummond Inch, but nevertheless uh, we got to a county quarter final, we're not in relegation. The big one I think in, uh, in the intermediate hurling is the rivalry stair between those two wonderful parishes, Knockavilla Duneski and of course Borlahan Dwella. So Tony Lacey above, he's in the parish of Borlahan but he's bordering the Keekhams. Uh, he's also bordering Cashel and he's also bordering Ross Rossmore if you went to Lacey's for a, a, a drink or for a game of darts or a game of cards, you'll see the four or five clubs with their lotto tickets there <laughs> you know, Tony doesn't mind where Brilliant, they're from once yeah. they come in, you know, so oh. it, it, it is certainly a wonderful weekend, you know and we started on Friday night last week County Board Draw in Ross Grey. Uh, huge night up there, uh, and that the crack was right good. And then on Saturday night I had to go to Burden Court uh, for the tail end of a, a, a birthday party. Uh, Sunday, I went to that wonderful. Uh, uh, fundraiser for Deirdre Darcy Hogan in a place called Eglish. Mm. Uh, there was a massive crowd there. The weather was absolutely fantastic mm. and they turned out in their droves. And the prizes were amazing, and weren't the there, they? The prizes were huge. Yeah, I yeah. got a chance to auction maybe a couple of tickets for next year's All-Ireland Holland and next year's All-Ireland football. An apartment in Spain for six people for... Uh, for, uh, I think that went for almost 3,000 two nights in the Ashford Castle uh, maybe 2,050 and a nice load of timber and a whole lot but the the figures will not be out until uh, the Dublin City Marathon is over because I think these three of Deirdre's or Noel's uh, brothers are running in the Dublin City, Oh, that's Marathon. right, that's right. You know, yeah. so, and Noel spoke to us on the programme so right, well uh, last,
1: I think it was Thursday You know, or and summer, then of yeah. course
2: I got into the, we got into the care and we went to the oldest establishment, uh, one of the oldest in Tipperary called the Village Inn in English, uh, 1827, uh, 200 years and three or four years time, so I told him I will be back and his exact words were brent fan Corey Witcher <laughs> So then we legged it to uh, Rosgree and from there then, because I had a thing in my mind, from there then down to uh, a place called more the great Where, Clonmore. Uh, yeah. Yours truly, you yeah. and, uh, and Muriel were really rocking the floor. <laughs> uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick apologised to me because when I said, give me a terrible quick pint, uh, uh, he said you're in the rock, you should be out at Dunderbare. Jizzy came out, flight. He said, "Sorry, Johnny." He said, "I didn't." I, ha- I, knew. he said, "You're supposed to come the whole time." He said, "But uh, you're here now." And, hey, there was wonderful uh, oh, people it was there, great, you great. know, yeah, yeah. music. Just, just like us.
1: bringing Elvis to the place. I mean, w- <laughs> women were draping themselves across you for photographs. And, there were yeah. That's
2: what I said to Catherine when I got home. I said, "I told you for the whole team time you're sleeping with a bloody hero." <laughs> she goes mad when that said, you know. But anyway, but uh, John, John was delighted to have you there because
1: I don't know how many times we discussed. <laughs> yeah the possibility of you coming uh, up And I can is tell great. you wanting thing, the toasties were
2: top class. Oh, you know, I'll tell you now. Uh, we'll I never got a toasty up there, of course, <laughs> you, you did. But then anyway. if we wanted a rugby, it's the world, Rugby yeah. World Cup time. And look, the big teams are still there. England was the surprise packet. Argentina were definitely surprised that they were so bloody poor on the day. Uh, Ireland couldn't do any more than win by 80 pints. And uh, of course, uh uh, France uh, won last night, probably not their full team out, but nevertheless just got their win, and South Africa is still there, the All Blacks. Look, it, it's all to play for, but Ireland have the Tonganese tomorrow. Uh, they have uh, four or five players that did play with the All Blacks, but now they're back playing with Tonga. He has, uh, Mr Ferdinand in charge of Ireland, knows well that he'll have a game on his hands tomorrow. They should beat mm. him maybe by 30 or 40 points, not the 80 that they did against Romania, but uh, he knows now that he'll have to put out decent teams as he goes Along.
1: Big, big expectations. Oh, though, big expectations
2: you know? out there. And well, mentioning rugby, of course, Cashel were playing last weekend against uh, Gary Owen in the Munster Senior Cup and one would like to send the very best wishes to young Fergal O'Donoghue here in Cashel who received a bad enough injury to his leg and ankle. I know his dad and mum right well. Yeah. Uh, Pat was a top-class full-back with Cashel king Cormac's. indeed played with the county and played his trade then with the Cashel senior team in the second row a fine hardy bye you know you'd like all the Dunahoo's mm. are uh, you get nothing soft uh, from them and look to send him uh, the very best wishes not alone for myself and Johnny Lubin Gordon, but all the clubs around as well because at the end of the day we follow all sport and we know what it's like my own two boys when they're playing one of them done his shoulder he was out for a while the other fella done his ankle he got 14 pins in a down in Kenturk and he was out for a year as well so for a young fella it's devastating but I mean look there's plenty of time, please God, to uh, recuperate and to do exactly what the doctors and surgeons tell you and all of and, that. And, and that's so important as well.
1: Uh, the thinkins have you thinking, haven't they? Because we had the Fianna Fáil one for um, uh, the Grail kicking off in Limerick today. And your friends, uh, the Greens, in Tremor as well. <laughs> and Sinn Féin, of course, in Dublin.
2: I Hi hope. You. What are you I making hope, of it? I hope we it pedals down on top <laughs> of Malone below the No and and that that sale of umbrellas goes go to the roof. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know why Fianna Fall and Find Dale had the one thinking because they are of the one family now and let's be upfront about that. Because one of them They would profoundly disagree with it. Well, friend it's, uh, the manifesto will say the same thing. They're in government for the last ten, 10 years with the support of each other. Let's be upfront about all of this. Mm. And I'm still disappointed, Charlie McGonalogue. Like, I mean, he's probably the fourth agricultural minister in the last five years. Mm. Michael done it for a stint mm. when the other two. Uh, who, who would want that job? Though? Well, it's look, a bit like the health job. Tranny, look, want? I find that if I'm talking to you on the phone, I have mm-hmm. a far different uh, attitude thrown down. Mm-hmm. But if I come in and meet you face-to-face, Charlie McGonaghan, no matter what excuses are there, mm-hmm. hop on a plane, go to Europe, grind up... Right. Uh, you, you're talking about like. the Zoom meeting he had with That's the right, Commissioner and, instead now, of meeting him yeah, face-to-face. And, yeah. and get the thing, if it is that important mm-hmm. to fight for the Irish farmers, uh, See him face Well, face. I, I put
1: this to me, hall Martin the other day, and he said, well, look, he had done all of the legwork on this. He had done all of the negotiation. This was just the final aspect of that. And uh, the commissioner wasn't for turning on Yeah, it.
2: but uh, look, it's easy to say the commissioner wasn't for turning. Mm. The plain facts of the matter is, is that you have to go over and look at him straight in the eye. We miss Phil Hogan now. I wouldn't have been his Big biggest statement. follower. Big statement, and Johnny. I wouldn't have been his biggest follower. But he had some bit of clout in Europe. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and and instead of that, uh, Jackie will just say, Jackie Kell, top-class politician. Jackie backs up McGonagall saying that, uh, look, Europe is the, is the cause of it. And... Europe is not the cause of it, but the cause of it ourselves. Mm. I mean, I'm talking about clean water. What do they mean, clean water? Mm. We'll say the environment and the farmers to get it right and the whole lot. I, look, there's things I can follow and things I can't oh, follow. I genuinely thought, friend, that they would have made uh, um, Jackie O'Cahill uh, at least uh, a Minister for Agriculture... Or if not a junior minister, over the three or four people that went in, yeah. he's from well, the he, premier he's, county. He's chairman of the. I don't the mind that. Committee. You might be chairman of the bloody well fecal rugby club. That's what I think. You know, but like J- Jackie's a top class farmer himself. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Tipperary is a wonderful farming county, and here they give it to uh, Charlie McConnell look above and Tony Gall. You know, and left us sitting down here. Mm. But anyway, that's, that's the way it is.
1: All right, so will you be following that? Do, do you think, is there any worth to de- these thinkings where they all get together? No. None whatsoever, none whatsoever yeah. and, I, and
2: I honestly, the more I watch the 517, or the 514, which is the doll channel, yeah. all the politicians, senators, the whole lot, it is parish pump politics. And of that you can have no doubt. Everybody is only worried about their own thing. With a fellow above in long, long for talking about something that's happening in a ballroom mm. up there, mm. that that Larry Cunningham played in 60 years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? I know, yeah. Like, yeah. And the same thing uh, here. Your fellow's jumping on the bandwagon here. Uh, you should be there debating. That's the, the thing. I've there been. should be legislators. Yeah, but you see,
1: we're never going to change from that because that's where you get your votes is the which, local
2: issues. And, friend, and and that's another thing. But anyway, Frank, yeah, yeah. the hospice morning, yes. next Thursday morning, please God, between 10 and half past 12 in Golden. Okay. I'm not going to list all, which is on next week. I'm not going on that particular morning because the hospice is near and dear to myself. I've seen the tremendous work they're doing for years and to ask the people of Golden uh, and and indeed the surrounding areas. Last year we had the chap in the Shamrock Bearing Care come up and they all throw in a few bob and if everybody throws in a few bob, I know there's huge demands out there but if everybody throws in a few bob the less it is on everyone mm. and that's why on Thursday morning next i would be ringing Tony Coney to come in with his contribution because he's going to France to see them uh, uh, Ireland play and the another six or seven Kevin Fell and all of those lads Very good. I'll be ca- getting them to support the South Tip Hospice first and then go and support Tony Coney uh, is in training for France he's <laughs> actually on the pints of Moretti if you don't <laughs> mind <laughs> he's trying to acclimatise uh, himself in some way he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love what? it
1: yeah. so that, that that's happening did you know that Nellie O'Connor by the way in the tea rooms at Anna Carty last uh, Saturday that she had a, a little birthday cake for me and everything yeah oh it's oh, yes, just yeah you know. I have to say hello
2: to Bob and Phoebe above in Templemore. uh, This, according to uh, uh a. uh, Liz Maloney outside in Golden uh, Clonorty on the 13s were beaten by Fedot. well done to Federt in the win and Fergal Horgan the referee who retired top class back refereeing the match I met him after the exactly. game and I said well done Fergal I come back and blow the bloody whistle uh, Drew Harris of course friend. I yes. can't get over that 98% voted against him yeah. if 98% of the listeners out there voted against me this morning by turning off the radios, I'd be gone I mean what Supposing the, uh, the, 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 the team, yes. 98% of them vote against, uh, we'd say uh out Johnny Sexton he has lost in the confidence of his players uh, the management have lost mm. confidence So
1: is his position tenable as far as you're
2: concerned? Well, the government jumped on the bandwagon yeah, immediately have... Oh geez, hey, yes. listen, we support him He's yep. a top class man After the misfortunate girls descending they're outside a in nice in load of rain this morning or whatever the case may be uh, and that mm. and they have said no There's we a bit of a to...
1: rollback now in that he's willing to, to meet and discuss things with the GRA now Does that make you feel any better about it,
2: no? Uh, not one thing I, no. Look, it's like everything else. God be good to Tommy Finnan I don't need to have laugh any <laughs> if Tommy was around but uh, St. Michael's are yeah. playing right well at the moment and friend I just want to finish up Jesus I've been here. <laughs> hold on one second till I see there's uh, loads
1: of paperwork here the
2: village and I've all them gone through yeah, the, the farmers and the jockey the coffee i and or the opticians in care fine. oh that's right Where yes. you're, you're going to be
1: there uh, I'm putting the
2: tape in care this morning uh, around 10.30 to a quarter to 11 Durkin Gra- Grace Durkin Durkin, yeah. Durkin opticians the square care formerly Smith man. And uh, her partner Neil. Uh, they're the new owners. Uh, and as an open day there this morning, refreshment served and uh, all new and all clients friend I see you have a lovely pair of glasses aye <laughs> anybody that's helped you you give them a dimension on the radio he's like Tom DeFall's teeth man in Clanmill. very good well all the, the lads
1: at KW look after me up here in Forest Street you see that's that's what it is so you'll be there yourself from about quarter to eleven that's right, this Jeff morning what, what are you making about what's happening in soccer though I mean Stephen Kenny they're holding on to him but
2: they got rid of Vera Powell, even though that's she right, was Jack. successful
1: and he wasn't <laughs> yeah, can
2: you, you see, make that, anything of that adore. But see, then again uh, Stephen is on 300 Thousand, I'm told a year, and here's our two uh, top class: uh, Leo Varadkar, Mary Lou Macdonald and and uh, 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 Philan Cottme yeah uh, Like, we're giving out about them. They're yeah. only on half the money Kenny is on. Right. You know, It is an absolute uh, uh, scandal. Another scandal is found out there is this county boundary team. This and is I, for for the voting, is yeah, it? For, for the, the general election. Uh, yeah. and, and as of now, uh, my name is still in the hat. Whether I'll be in South Tip or North Tip, I have to find out. Can you stand in the two constituents? Do you know if I had a
1: euro for everybody who made contact with me? To know, are you serious? About I am this? serious. You are serious, serious about as this. As you're, you're rain down What the you're,
2: you're still looking my, looking at the possibility, the possibility, of, possibility of running? I, I, I've, I've gone. I just want to see. Uh, I, I, I have to look at everything. Uh, the, the, the end result. Uh, if I don't get so many votes, then have I to pay it back out of my ass pocket? <laughs> I have to look at everything else. But uh, like to. T- t- Tipperary is a huge county. You know that yourself, from Mm -hmm. Lorraine down to Carrick and Mary Willies across to McGrath's Isle in Emily or beyond it. Uh, Huge county. And to think that we have to... uh, That somebody up in Dublin decided to put us... With Kilkenny, whom I've nothing at all against, mm. uh, but it's very hard. We'll say to ask if if they put up a, a candidate themselves from around, we'll just say the fresh for the area, whatever else, uh, a genuine guy. it's very hard for them to come out to ask us to uh, uh, give him number one. Yeah, you know, and, and our lads have to go down and introduce themselves yeah, to the people of Fred Orlingford. It and is unbe- and all you know. That, it, yeah. it, it is wrong, and I feel sorry for the people of South Tipperary that right. voted. We'll just say for the candidates: uh, Mike and Lowry, Jackie Cale, uh, uh Martin Brown is okay because he's still here in South Tip, and so is Matty. But Alan Kelly, mm. them three lads, they got talks of vote down here in South Tipperary, and now we have to tell them, listen, hey. Mm. You're going to someplace else.
1: No, So you don't believe that should have happened?
2: No, it do, shouldn't we, have happened. Do you think we
1: should have stayed with a the five-seater then? No, we should have
3: stayed with...
1: What was, what was wrong with a six-seater in the county? Oh, in the county, okay. All right. I just have to get clarity from a future politician, you see, as to what you you believe. Uh, anyway, friend, when, I,
2: when are you going to make up your mind on this? Because I don't want people calling me now right, and asking me. a minute, i finished by this. Right. When I do, uh, and if I do get in, are you with me? I'm with it. I don't want you asking me any awkward questions <laughs> like you asked Martin Brown or Lowry or Jackie or Matthew or Ellen I'm Kelly. looking forward to asking you no, awkward yeah. questions, I promise. But anyway, I'm you. going to go down and mark the spot where I got my first kiss 54 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I love it. Johnny, thanks very much indeed, the great Johnny Luby. We're live from Cashel this morning
1: and uh, we'll take a break. Back with more in a moment
6: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry
0: in association with Slatteries of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slatteries Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over fifty years in the Premier County. SlatteriesGarage.ie.
1: Welcome back to Tip Today, a rather special program for you today because we're out and about. We're here in Cashel and we're mainly here because, of course, the uh, Cashel Arts Festival is underway, kicked off in great style uh, last night and we'll be finding out more uh, about that in just a little while. We're in the outside broadcast uh, unit and we're outside of the iconic uh, Davern shop here and I'm delighted to say that uh, Raymond Davern of Daverns is with me, Remy. Good morning to you. And good great, morning, great Sam. to be here, and thanks for your hospitality and looking after us today and and, and it's all a of good that. Casual hospitality, <laughs> as you know. Delighted to extend it. Well, yeah. thank you very much indeed. We were just saying oh, up here, you know. Certainly, I'm, I'm quite a lot older than you, but it's a very different casual than it was when I was strolling down here with my duffel coat on me, going to school. It's a different town now, isn't it? It
7: is. It's far more uh, cosmopolitan, yeah. European. Um, you know, we have a lot of very nice restaurants. Uh, this Mediterranean now you wouldn't think it today because the weather is horrendous <laughs> Yes. but during the summer and last week to see people out dining um, maybe in front of Bailey's in front of Mikey Ryan's in front of Fiend's uh, I can go on and on uh, you have Bo's Cafe you have uh, the Bakehouse I, I, I'm afraid to leave yes, anyone of out course, yes, of but
3: course.
7: to see people out dining yeah Uh you know, puts a great smile on my face as a businessman because I, I never thought I'd see that day. I never thought I'd see the day that we'd embrace
1: uh, that European culture. Yes, and I remember the big hullabaloo around moving the car parking from the centre here and putting the plaza there. Were a lot of people against that at the time, but now look at it. I mean, it's just a, such a jewel in the town, isn't yeah, it?
7: Yeah, I think that's a bit like the uh, bypass of Cashel. Yeah, you're afraid. Change of change,
1: yes. Yeah.
7: You, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. I mean, the bypass was, uh, I can say as a businessman, was the best thing that ever happened. Cashel, was it genuinely? Oh, de- yeah. Genuinely, yeah. It's actually brought, brought Cashel closer uh, to to everyone, yes. You know, you can uh, we have three exits uh, and entrances into Cashel. We're very, very fortunate we're on the bypass, mm. so people just pop in and out. We're very close to Fermay, Mitchellstown. Erlingford, you know, all it's brought brought a our catchment area now is three hundred and sixty degrees, but a much wider area. So it's it's fabulous for business,
1: and it's great to see it now. But of course, if there's one thing that has remained solid throughout the years, it has to be Davenport Shop uh, because I mean, you're still doing what you've been doing. But I mean, how does a business like yours, an iconic business, how does that change, Remy? Um,
7: well, we have to change with with. Uh, Fashion and people's tastes, and the way people shop. Actually, my wife was in this morning. I have to give her credit to do uh, the online uh, uh, to get them ready to be sent out by DPD uh, today. That to me is completely new and alien. Yes, we're all about service and meeting people and greeting people, uh, which I love. And and thankfully, after COVID, uh, that's a reality now. Mm -hmm. But it's good to have both. Yes. Uh, in, in, to embrace new technology uh, and t- to give what young people I think really appreciate is good service and, and knowledge, product knowledge.
1: And and that's so important indeed, but still the face-to-face and that loyalty that you would have had right throughout the years is still there. I'll bet you have generations of people coming into Daverns.
7: We have. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, we run a, an APRO system, Frank, uh, Frank uh, a, friend. a lot of people wouldn't really know what, what that is. It's you give stock to people on approval yes and their parents and and their grandparents would have done the same thing uh which is lovely you know that connection yes and look we are in a ireland is a very small place uh and that's a good thing because we take care of each another and we know each another and
1: by and large very loyal Yes, if you give the service. And if you look after people. Now, of course, the Arts Festival, that's largely why we're here today, Remy. I mean, that's vital to the town as well,
7: isn't it? It is. I think um, years ago, we actually had a chat about Cashel and the progress. And at the time, I said, Cashel should copy Kinsale and that type of idea that you... Are an experience for people to come in. Uh, In other words, it's not just shopping in Daverns or shopping Mm. in Kilkenny shop. It's uh, going out for a nice meal, uh, maybe doing the Kings Loop, yes, uh, with your friends, and popping in for a coffee uh, in one of the cafes. And it's all about lifestyle now. Mm. Uh, And as of course. St. Saint, Saint Declan's Way mm. is our Camino. Mm. And, it, you know, if we could develop all those things. at A town, you know, you, I'm just going to sound, I'm probably saying the wrong thing here now. It's it's not mercenary, you know. It's not all about getting the last euro out yes. of someone. It's about creating an experience that people want to come back and enjoy again.
1: Right, and the Arts
7: Festival plays in. It to does, that, it that, does that, indeed. It? Yeah. That and uh, our Tidy Towns. Mm. We have a fantastic group of volunteers. Yes, you're a great
1: advocate for Tidy oh, Towns, I, aren't you? They, they
7: do a huge amount for cash. Yeah. And they they love doing it. Yes. Um, and different businesses, and I want to com- compliment all businesses in town, take care of the, t- the Tidy Towns. You know, they give them breakfast, mm. uh, you know. the People appreciate that. It's, it's, it's about pride in your town. Yes. And that is, I, I think, fundamentally the most important thing. If you've pride in your town, it shows.
1: Now, I know the importance of the Palace uh, Hotel, and we'll be speaking to Adrian about that in just uh, a little while. There's other good news, and that's uh, a, a business very close to your heart and your family's heart. Davern's Bar, the again the iconic bar, will be opening very soon as well. Uh, yes,
7: I was talking to Dermot recently, and he hopes, 19, yes. yeah, he hopes to have it uh, open in, in three weeks. And I think that will add to the plaza area here, the whole food experience uh, between Mikey Rhines, which is, is part of the Cashel uh, Palace group, which provide a, a fabulous service, and uh, all the other restaurants we yes. have in town. Shea hands was iconic for years. And a rising tide lifts all boats. Yes. And that, yeah. to me, is what the Cashel Palace has done for the town. And uh, if we can all uh, rise with that and provide... The same level of service we'll be doing well.
1: Isn't it great? As part of the chamber and with your chamber hat on you as well, Remy, I mean, look to the future for me. I mean, what what roads of development can you see that's still to come? Um, I can. Well,
7: the the housing that's been built in the town yeah. at the moment, Fran, is is a, is a good sign, um, and it's 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 lovely quality housing. Um, it's uh, taking into account the environment. Uh, the town landscape mm. so the town is so growing the trum- 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 yeah. yes the, the town the to town is growing yeah um nicely you know mm. there was a time around 2005 2006 we thought we'd mushroom and you know you can have you can expand too quickly yes yeah uh, that is uh, hopefully that's a nice yeah, way yeah, yeah. Yeah. so we're, we're we're growing organically which is nice um you know that the national schools can can cope with it our community school, we must mention, is a fabulous school, um, and congratulations on their great results yes, recently. Course, yeah. um, that's all part of of, of a, a community. A, you know, good schools, Larkspur Park facilities, tennis. Mm. Uh, you know, Larkspur, I think, five or six tennis courts, and they ha- held great, one of the biggest yeah. Open Americans in Ireland this yeah. year. So, we've we've a, a lot to shout about. Uh, in a nice way, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's not in a boastful way,
1: it's you know, come
7: yeah.
1: experience a little but, bit but, of cash. But it is a case of a lot done, but but there's more to be but done. there, yeah. there are yeah. Uh, yeah.
7: More, more things to be done. There are, f- there are a few, um, uh, like unfortunately, Bank of Ireland closed in yes. cash, and we never yeah. like to see that. But, um, I know it has, has been bought by a, a, a very uh, respected businessman, and I'm sure he'll do a very tasteful job on it. Actually, I know he will, right? So, you know, there, there are areas for improvement. Certainly, all towns can, and we're we're constantly trying to, Fran, in 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 small steps. We're not trying to bite off more than we
1: can chew. Which which is important. Yeah. And as you say, it's raining today, but it's it's very interesting to look around us. It's, it's still a very busy town this morning, isn't yes, it? Yes. You know? Well,
7: yesterday, friend, the rain came late, and I can tell you the amount of visitors we had was unbelievable. Um, and while Adrian. Uh, Bartell is beside me here. I'll give him a plug uh, because no one likes to plug themselves. Yeah. Um, the Cashel Palace has b- brought great business to the town, yeah. particularly to our own store. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, I would compliment them on that, you know.
1: Well, that's for sure. Well, it's great to see you, Remy. Uh, thanks very much. And again, thank you for looking after us uh, today here. Anytime, because uh, friend. if people want to drop by, we're outside of your premises here. Thanks, Remy. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we will be speaking about the Cashel Palace.
6: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry
0: In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie
6: If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on
1: 1-800-938-007. Welcome back to Tip Today, special program for you today. We're here on the main street in Cashel. We're largely here because of the uh, wonderful uh, Cashel uh, Cultural Arts Festival that's uh, happening. But we like to tie in lots of other bits and pieces as well. And, of course, the big talking point in Cashel for the last year and a half or more now has to be the Cashel Palace. So I'm delighted to be joined here by the General Manager of the Palace, and that's Adrian Bartels. Good morning to you, Adrian. Thank you so much for making time for us this morning, because I know how busy you are over there across the road.
8: Yes, it's been a great, uh, great season so far. Uh, since February, we've been we've been flying. So thankfully, it's been a, a positive year
1: for us. Yeah, a year and a half in, I think, at this point. Um, uh, has it all worked out to plan, Adrian, or is that even possible that there could be a plan like that? <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to
8: know what to expect, to be honest yes. with you, because uh, obviously it's a new, a new, new op- op- operation and new hotel opening up but uh, yeah in fairness we we had a target and a budget and we've, uh, we've achieved and over exceeded on that so we're, we're happy with, with that side of things and um, we're very happy with how we've been received in the local area and the surrounding uh, part of Tipperary and the rest of the country so far it's been very very positive so I'm very happy
1: Any business I talk to including Remy who was just speaking to us a few moments ago very appreciative of the fact that there is a spill off from the Palace to their businesses in the town
8: Well we're delighted with the reaction we've had from the local town Um, and our guests absolutely adore the fact that they could just literally walk out the front door in fact it takes them by quite a surprise that those that don't know the property beforehand that we're literally right on the main street and they love the idea that they can just walk in go out to various shops uh, the antique shops, the ladies wear, um, coffee shops even uh, the odd pub, have a drink in another pub and stuff and and obviously go shopping into daverns and the likes Uh, they love that idea and for particularly the Foreign visitors they like to get to feel and touch a real Irish town and get and it's a buzzing town so they get a real great experience of an Irish uh, um, yeah country country town.
1: You you have an iconic building obviously but you have a backdrop of the Wonderful rock of Cashel, you have the walkway now as well, which yes. must be tremendous.
8: It's been a huge, uh, huge addition to just simply go up the Bishop's Walk from the back of the hotel up to the rock. Um, and th- that's just for us, uh, manor from heaven. So we're delighted with that. That addition, yes, yeah.
1: You, you've had people at this stage from all over the
8: world, Adrian. We have, actually. Yeah. We've had people from... There was people staying last night from Hawaii. Uh, we've uh, people uh, coming from Australia, uh, the UK, all over America, and Europe as well. So, um, yeah, we're very happy with the, the diverse uh, people coming to, to stay in the hotel.
1: How is that happening? I mean, is that international promotion for, for the palace? Is, is that what's happening? Uh, a bit of both, yeah. We've um, um, membership of a, an
8: international organization called Relais & Chateau. It's a 500 hotels around the world and that they're based in France but we're one of uh, six members in Ireland and um, basically people stay in other hotels around the world in Raleigh and Chateau and they like the look and feel of those properties and when they come to Ireland they try the same members in, in, in Ireland so that's where we get a lot of our business from and also through our affiliation with Coolmore and Valley Doyle there's a lot of international visitors come to visit the the. The uh, farms there and
1: therefore they come and stay with us uh, while they're they're doing their business there. What seems to be working tremendously well is that you're getting an awful lot of local weddings there as well. Uh, That that must be very heartening, is it?
8: Yeah, we're delighted with that reaction because um, we do one wedding every weekend. Basically now these days there are three day events so you have the family arriving the day before, you have the big day itself and then you have a second day and we've a fabulous... uh, um, new addition to the offering with our secret garden and the Donohue's pub so they take over and have a private area for their second day barbecue and, and casual evening and they love it and in fact the pub has sold more weddings than the actual ballroom, to be honest with you. So we're delighted. And, yeah, it works out really well. We can concentrate completely on the couple and their families and not be, be distracted by any other event going on.
1: So it's, it's worked out really well for us. And the, that would be local weddings. I mean, what, what about people then from outside the Hinterland and stuff? Are you getting weddings from all over the country? We
8: are. We've had weddings from America. We've had weddings from uh, people from Dublin, Cork, all over, actually. So, yeah, we're attracting um, yes. uh, people from all over. And do you do everything in-house by way of wedding planning then and everything. Is that, is that we we have a, a great lady called Linda Drohan who's our wedding coordinator and she does an awful lot of work and helps the the couples do a lot of their they they also can bring in their own person as well but generally speaking we we can do everything
1: for a couple of years. When you and I first spoke uh, a couple of years ago at this point, I mean, staffing came up and you were wondering a little bit about it as well but uh, not only are you fully staffed but a lot of local people back working in the palace
8: as well. It's fantastic, we're delighted yeah. we, we love the fact that we can have a, a, a network of, get, of staff who are from the area, it adds to the whole experience for the guests coming from abroad, that they can actually meet people who live and work in the area and everyone has the knowledge, the local knowledge which people like to hear and it's been brilliant, so we have Good mix. We've uh, international students as well from hospitality who come and work in the hotel to to gain experience, and that that mix makes a, a really really great. Uh great team
1: effort yeah there's a great friend of mine working there and he was uh, describing what's happening there it's very much a family atmosphere when i was talking to you off air you were able to list off the names of people on your staff as well now, yes that's very important to you obviously Is it uh, hugely you? yeah there's yeah. 200
8: over 200 people working in the hotel and look we meet everyone every day basically and i, I like to know who everyone is of course and uh, that makes a big difference that we we know each other and we work together very in a friendly professional manner and everyone uh, staying in the hotel has commented how, how friendly the guests and staff rather have been and that's a huge benefit to us you know you can have a, a beautiful property as much as possible but it's really the interaction between the people who work there and the guests that's the most important uh, connection
1: You've done so much work to bring the palace to where it is now but I presume to keep it in ship, uh, shape uh, must be a bit of a a bit of work, to say the very least. We've it?
8: A, we've a great maintenance yeah. team. Uh, we've uh, a painter. We've uh, a chippy. We've uh, a techie, and we have uh, a, 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 you know a great team there that do all the bits and pieces to keep the place looking shipshape.
1: Yeah. Is it a case of steady as she goes now at this point, or have you other plans, or are, is there yeah, stuff the f- happening that you might be able to tell us about <laughs> at this point?
8: Well, they're, they're, we're always looking to, to improve and 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 get better, and uh, there are hopefully plans to. To, uh, to, to to do that in the future. So, yeah, we're looking forward to a very bright and, and successful future ahead.
1: All right. Well, we wish you the very best, as always. And we do appreciate you. you coming over, because I pleasure. know how busy it is. Only, Thank,
8: the, th- over the, only across the road. So. Uh, all right. Thanks very Thanks, much
1: today, Adrian. Thank you. Uh, that is the general manager of uh, the Cashel Palace, and that is Adrian Bartels with a, a great success story there, I'm sure you'll agree. Now, in case you've just joined us, and if it sounds a little noisy, well, there's a very good reason for that, because we are out and about uh, today. We're here on the main street in Cash, we're outside of davern's shop. If you're looking for us, uh, do bring your umbrella, though, because uh, the rain is certainly falling this morning. It doesn't appear to be dampening spirits all that much, because the town is extremely busy in days. So if you want to drop by and uh, say hello, now one of the main reasons we're here, of course, is that the... Casual Arts Festival kicked off in great style last night and it's running right through the weekend. We'll be finding out more about that in uh, the next hour of uh, the programme as well. Good Pats, and uh, welcome back to Tip today. Um, special Tip today because uh, they allowed us to be out and about, and we're here on the main street in Cashel, just outside of uh, Davern's shop. The main reason here uh, we are here is because the Cashel Arts Festival is underway, four-day festival, of course, and the significant heritage sites in the town they form a dramatic backdrop uh, to a fine selection of contemporary art events uh, every autumn. Delighted to be joined now by the chairperson of the festival and. And that's Claire Fox. Good morning to you, Claire. Thanks
9: for having us.
1: You're very welcome, Ian, and good to be here indeed. Um, there's so much stuff that's happening over the next while, but first of all, can I talk to you about weather and the possible effect that that might have? It's raining cats and dogs at the yeah, moment, Claire, Yeah, Yeah.
9: Well, look, that's the risk of having any kind of festival or anything outdoors in Isn't Ireland is the yeah. weather. Um, so we may have to reconsider the fire show this evening. We haven't made a call on it just yet, but um, it's mostly just for safety considerations and yeah. performers and everything. We don't want to put anybody out. So, right. um, but we will... If you keep an eye on our social media, we'll make that announcement. And if we we hope to reschedule it, so if we rather than just outright cancel it. So keep an eye, and we'll keep all the details there.
1: Very good indeed. Now, much uh, to look forward to. But uh, first of all, tell me about the the launch, of the kickoff last night. What what was that like?
9: It was really, really good. I think yeah. always the atmosphere is is, is so good. Um, I think there's a time period for committee members where they're like, oh my god, why do I do this? You're in the middle yes. of the trenches, you're arguing with insurance companies or whatever, um, and then you suddenly you have this kickoff, and you're like like, oh, this is why I do it. You yeah. know? Um, it was really, really brilliant. Uh, and the play was fantastic as well, Carl Flynn. And it's really great um, to give artists an opportunity to show their work and to bring it to Cashel and let Cashel mm. people see their work. So, and,
1: and, and just before we talk about what we can look forward to, tell me a little bit about the background to putting a festival like this uh, together and what the public don't see, I, I suppose. and the kind uh, of planning and
9: the time involved? Yeah, well, it starts off kind of gently enough, you know, where you start making decisions, yeah. you start putting together ideas Ideas, you know, um, you have to contact people. Uh, we meet about once a month generally throughout the year, but there's always bits in between because you're always trying to contact people. And then as it comes up to the festival, it's obviously, um, I mean, you could be doing anything. I, I spent a lot of time uh, with Indian dancers making sure they were okay. Um, I've, yesterday I was out hanging up the uh, the flags for the memoir project you know you could literally be doing anything um, yes. and a lot of emails a lot of back and forth a lot of oh my god this person can't come uh, but, uh, but still again like when you actually get to do it, that's when you're like, oh yes, I can this well is imagine. Do it. And yeah.
1: what about programming it and choosing what uh, acts and uh, what events will be part of the festival? Is it, does that cause a lot of difficulty? Is that a
9: it? Doesn't no. Actually, we have a really great committee, um, yeah. and they all listen to each other, and everybody kind of works hard. And so, if somebody comes in and says, "I think this is a good idea," most of the time we're like, "Brilliant, lovely, great to hear it," um, and you know, there is a bit of back and forth on stuff, but um, generally we just kind of go, oh. Okay, you know, yeah. We, that, yeah that sounds great, so why don't why, why don't we try it? Yeah. Right,
1: well a lot of it sounds great to, to me and we'll be speaking about other aspects of it with some of the artists later on, but will you give us a bit of an overview, Claire, on what we can expect?
9: Um well here it's from tomorrow I'm I'm keeping a very close eye on the weather. Yeah. Um, but we will have a craft market on the plaza which has been very popular for the last number of years. We're also having meet the craft makers down at the cathedral on John Street with we'll a blacksmith, we'll have wood sculptors, we'll have Philip Quinn, local stonemason. Um so just a really good variety of things on show Um, so I'll be there during the day but um, in the evening then um, at 7 o'clock we have William Dalrymple Uh, he's also in the cathedral Um, and he's brilliant he's a natural born storyteller historian world renowned historian he's a bestseller book called The Anarchies Um, and he's really he focuses a lot on um, English imperialism within India Um, but really really you know that that kind of makes it sound dry whereas he really is like that's all because that is it that's
1: that's an enormous story, of yeah, course. Of course yes. it is. So yeah. that that's tomorrow, is it?
9: And um, that's tomorrow, excuse it's tomorrow. me. Yes, tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's tomorrow evening. Um then after that we've Kapashi, who was of Walking on Cars Fame, um and an up in Brew and like anybody who goes to a constant brew brew knows mm. it's a fantastic place. Yes, it's so intimate, is So intimate. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it is a chance to get kind of like somebody who really is becoming um, an up and coming star to, to bring them down and have them play in Cashel. Yeah. Um yeah, and then like Sunday we've got more we've got Latin fusion dance in the planet hopefully on Sunday afternoon Uh, we've got kids films we, of course, got Fidget Feet. I think you'll have Chantel from Fidget we're Feet. We're looking Animation. forward to that, yeah. 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 Um, they do. It's it's bingo, but not bingo as you've ever seen it, or at least <laughs> I've never been to a bingo thing where people are dangling from cranes dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah. we've got, like, a you know, um, a really good lineup. And then we're closing out, I think, th- we're closing out the festival with A Night at the Opera. Mm. Um, and, again, that's also about, like, bringing stuff that you don't get to see in Castle. Like, when do we get opera in Castle? Yes. you know? Um, uh,
1: when, when does that happen? Uh, sorry, where is that happening?
9: That's actually in the cathedral as well, um, just... On be, Sunday, on, yeah. Sunday yeah. on Sunday, evening, yeah. um, and Kathy Davis is for, from um, care, um, mm-hmm. and we've got Lucy. We've got these are people who could go on a stage in London and sing mm-hmm. opera, and yet yeah, they're coming to Cashel. To yes.
1: isn't it fantastic to have access to the cathedral for some of? At these is. events. I mean, that yeah. really is marvellous.
9: It is, and they they're really supportive. You yeah. know, Um William Dalrymple, I think, is signing books in the vestry, so they've agreed to <laughs> to leave the vestry yeah. for the evening, so that we can go in and just see he can sign books. They're they're really great to support us. Um, and they have, and it, what's good about it as well is the acoustics in there are brilliant as well, yeah. and you get that the atmosphere in there is brilliant. So I, I'm there, sure
1: of right. it. Indeed, now we're just. To, uh, touching on some of what's happening, I suppose. Yeah. If people want to go online to find out uh, all the detail, it's all there somewhere, isn't it? It
9: is. It's Casual mm, and yeah. we
1: we'll have
9: everything. And there's all we always keep everything updated as well over the weekend if right. anything changes. And,
1: and and that's the point where where the weather is concerned, yeah. if there's up yeah. updates, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. be. Right. And and then pretty much immediately, do you start looking to the next time? Oh, yeah,
9: yeah. yeah. Um, we'll probably have a, a wrap up, see what worked and what didn't, uh, yeah. meeting, and then we'll have a what do we do next because um, you have to start. Applying for for grants and everything, if you want to do it next year, you have yes. to start applying for grants in October. So, right,
1: and that's, that's, that's a whole other aspect, isn't it? The yeah. Fi- financing, of yeah, this
9: yeah, the- it is. Now, we've been very lucky. Um, hmm. like the county council are very supportive, ca- the arts council are very supportive, um, and we have a great track record, we're doing this 21 years now, um, and so. Uh, we, we're, we are lucky that we kind of we have it in place but I mean our committee is 100% voluntary you know yes. we all do it's just be, for the love of the arts really so um, but there is yeah there is, there is a bit of a there is a bit of a grand aspect
1: and it. Uh, the, the, the wonderful freebie that you have is the backdrop that is casual. Absolutely. I mean, most towns were killed for this, wouldn't they, really? You know.
9: Yeah, we do. And it, like, even with fidget fees, they're in Tesco Car Park. And that's actually, it's kind of funny enough, one of the best views of The Rock is from Tesco Car Park. So, you know, you can imagine aerial dancers with The Rock yeah, behind yeah. them. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're blessed. Um, and it is about using our venues. Um, we do have, uh, tonight we have uh, an event up The Rock. They've always been, again, very, very supportive. For anything we want to do with them. Um, the event is, he's a friend of um, Leonard Cohen, um, an Irish friend of his, who kept his correspondence with him. He wrote things for, for Leonard. Yeah. Um, and he's been accompanied by musicians, so he's going to be talking about them up the rocks. So yes. And still, I, I know
1: they, they'll be singing some of the songs. Yeah, they'll Leonard be singing Cohen some of the songs well, yeah.
9: as well. Yeah, um, And there's still a few tickets available, I think. So, um, yeah, all available on Catal Karch, Arts Festival. All right, so
1: m- much to look forward to, but you will breathe a sigh of relief along with your committee, I suppose, on Sunday evening at some point, will you?
9: Yeah. <laughs> I took one day off work, all right.
1: <laughs> I see, I see. All right, well, lovely to see you, Claire, and congratulations on all of the the hard work, and I hope that you get an ease in, in the weather and that you have a tremendous festival, and thank you for that. Joining me as well is Cahirlik of the Municipal District. Uh, Declan Burgess is with me, Councillor Declan Burgess, that is. Good morning to you, Declan, morning, and friend. and great to see you today uh, as well. Sadly, it's raining here in Cash, but it's, it's not entirely dampening down the expectations, well, I suppose. It? No, it's
10: all, look, a day out of Canada, Cashel
1: is a day wasted in my book. Um, I know Cashel
10: Arts Festival will pull off an amazing festival. Um, As Claire said, they're a well-established group, 21 years in existence. The professionalism and enthusiasm they bring to the Arts Fest each year is just unreal. And, uh, you know, I'm so impressed each year with the new ideas and creativity they bring, so I'm really looking forward to seeing another amazing festival, it was kicked off last night and it was brilliant, and you know and even last week with the launch of the art exhibit, with Petronel Clifton Brown's art exhibit, it was amazing so I know they'll pull it off, um, I know there's so much uh, in their programme it's, it's there's something for everyone for young and old, uh, for different different types of arts, you know, the visual arts and and so on. Um, so it's so amazing, and it, we're so lucky to have it in Cashel, because you know, Cashel has a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I suppose offerings in terms of hospitality, in terms of our our heritage quality, and you know, our, our you know, and so on. So I think this is another um, another uh, string to our bow, and really looking forward to the weekend.
1: Sometimes listeners give out to me for boasting about my hometown, but I I, I can't help it uh, because it certainly is, and as I put it to Clare, a wonderful backdrop. Foreign Arts Festival is, here in the and town, you know,
10: is And we're so proud of the Rock of Cashel, and we're so proud of our town. Uh, we're such a strong business town. We're such a strong community, you know. And I think the Cashel Arts Festival, you know, have have really done uh, tremendous work over the years in bringing different community groups and uh, you know stakeholders together. Um, you know they get the schools involved they get yes. different, uh, div- different nationalities involved uh, different community groups and businesses so i think that's i think that 's really special
1: mm, and of course the business businesses in the town buying into this big time as well Dexter, definitely and you know yeah.
10: and people come into the town to, to yeah. visit the arts festival yeah. and you know it might be one one area of the program that sparks an interest, but it does bring people in from other towns and and and, and further afield so I think that 's wonderful and you know I suppose businesses are promoting it as well amongst, you know, guests that are coming in and staying with them or in B and Bs and the and the two hotels in the town. So I definitely think, you know, it's it's a worthwhile venture and each year it's it's just it amazes me with the with the creativity and everything that just they bring to us, it. it's it's just brilliant.
1: Isn't it great altogether? And now, where the town itself is concerned, then I mean, we're hearing about new businesses about to open in the town, which is really really good uh, to know. Because you know, in many other towns, they're not as lucky in that the centre of towns seem to be diminishing. You know,
10: I suppose we're 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 lacking uh, commercial space at the moment. Yeah. Not not many towns can say that, but we are. Um, uh, I suppose we're a town that's very focused on, on on a direction, and I think there's equal amounts of public and private investment coming into the town on various different uh, uh, projects. So look, it's I think it's a really exciting time to be in Cashel. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of you know the the recent uh, the recent uh, um, delivery of the Cashel Palace Hotel, the model is beautiful, um, and it uh, you know it it, it accompanies uh, you know a wide range of businesses in the town like bailey's hotel in, in you know mm. uh, down towards mm-hmm. the bottom of the town and so many great pubs we're, we're really known for great bakeries great coffee shops great restaurants and cafes you know so cash is that kind of destination town that false ireland describe us and i know that that will lead to a lot of potential in terms of our our future tourism mm-hmm. uh, offering
1: i was reminiscing with uh ramie earlier on about when we were Younger and going to school in the town, it was quite a different. I know you're far younger than those, <laughs> Declan, but I mean, it was a, it was a very very different town altogether. I'm not sure that it pulled together very well. I'm not sure that we made the very best of the fact that we had one of the most iconic historic buildings in the world. Uh, you know, uh, I think it was Brian McMahon that said mm-hmm. it was like a fist clenched above the town. We n- we never appreciated that fully. You know, I'm so proud to represent
10: Cashel. Uh, you know, we truly are the city of the kings, mm-hmm. and this district has so much stuff. But I suppose yeah, there has been that kind of I suppose lack of focus. So uh, you know, in previous times, I suppose look, we now finally see the Bishop's Walk, the mm-hmm. infamous Bishop's yeah. Walk, reopened. That acts as that bridge between the Rock and the town centre, leading right into the back of the Cashel Palace, right into the back of the Main Street car park. In time, that will lead into the back of the courthouse and Hogan Square. We're going to see a full-scale town park developed in in those fields adjoining the the the, the Bishop walk. So I think those types of projects are really, I suppose, um, linking in with the Rock of Cashel and all the visitors it has. Because, um, you know, we see a shift away from the bus loads coming into town and it's people coming in car loads. So, you know, we need to improve bed nights, we need to improve capacity and and different things that we have on in the town. Mm. The Arts Fest contributes to that, but also so many different things and and businesses, I think, I believe they are stepping up to the mark and, and you know, they're trying to do despite the challenges in terms of the cost of living for people, the cost of operating a business, you know, um, and so on. And, you know, even despite, uh, you know, staff shortages, our businesses are trying our best in the town. And I know we'll continue to do so. And you're right.
1: I mean, if I was to pick one thing that was necessary here, it's certainly more more beds, and that's for sure. Is there any talk about that? Is there anything that we can expect uh, in the future? Well,
10: I certainly am really, really looking forward to our local area plan. Um, towards, the end, uh, towards the start of next year. Um, I think that document, that guiding document is going to be so important to how we plan for the future and I suppose as the new Cahirlock of the Municipal District and as a Cashel based councillor, um, I'm looking forward and I'm relishing the opportunity uh, to start that process, to engage with community, to engage with business, to engage with our planners in, in, in Tipperary County Council and the officials there because this is the guidance document that's going to set out the objectives um, for the foreseeable future in Cashel. So, in terms of attracting new businesses, we need to ensure we have properly zoned land. We need to look how we're going to expand the town, how we're going to utilise the space in the town. Um, you know, I think we're really improving in terms of, like, if you look years ago, Cashel had so many families living on the main street. There's not so many families mm. anymore. Mm. But we need to, we need to, you know. Concentrate on things like that. I think there's various different schemes that are trying to, you know, develop spaces maybe above shops. Um, no, we're not so bad compared to other towns, but that's a focus as well. But I think I think the local area plan is going to be a really exciting document.
1: You you did raise a red flag though at a recent uh, council meeting where you spoke about the return of the hospitality VAT to 13%. Um, you went so far as to say that there might even be an effect on jobs where that's concerned. It certainly
10: will. Uh, 13.5% yeah. of a VAT rate, which is which is is crazy you think uh you know in the midst of this cost of living crisis um and all the challenges that we face businesses face uh you know increasingly uh bureaucratic system um you know and i think the increase at this time like i said at the meeting i proposed a motion on behalf of my finnegal group to write to the minister uh looking for the expansion of the nine percent fat rate um we're coming up to the budget i think the government will need to make a call on this i know you know They extended it so many times and they had to... Increase at this time, but I think it's a devastating blow. It's a crippling of uh, you know measure mm. into businesses. It doesn't just hit food-related businesses; it hits the the barbers and the hairdressers as well, who are somehow in that VAT rate. Mm. Um, it,
1: it, it does it beg for a separation between hotels and restaurants? Do you it, think? And you know?
10: look, we often hear about you know the big cities and the increasing costs of mm. hotels. And when the VAT rate was there, they never you uh, know you know passed it, uh, on, you know, passed yeah. it yeah. on to the consumer, which is quite frustrating. So I would like to see that explored. I think, mm. uh, you know, the hospitality sector is recovering a lot slower than other sectors since mm. COVID. That has to be recognised. There's studies mm. out there that show that. But, but um, it's not
1: being recognised and with respect by, you know, your own party and government. N- no, yeah?
10: and look, at something I've been raising... All the time, you, I've actually spoken on the show numerous times yeah. about well, the VAT rate. Why aren't they listening to you on this? Well, I think they have extended it a couple of times. Um, I'd like to see it, uh, you know, a more permanent basis. We've seen that VAT rate is now the second highest in Europe yeah. after Denmark. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, we're, we're actually, we're, you know, we're at a disadvantage straight away in terms of our competitiveness uh, on on a on a European
1: yeah. and an international scale. And were you genuine about saying that jobs could be lost because of this? I mean, but, is that
10: well, well, definitely. Just if I can focus in quickly on the the barbers and the hairdressers for instance um, they have an increasingly competitive market um, given the fact that there's a huge black market in hairdressing and barbering Um, so those businesses have to compete with that and you know trying to you know combat the prices of rates, insurance, the new VAT rate, like they have to put it on the consumer. Um, there's challenges there, like while, while competing with people who are, who are probably paying very little in that. So, you know, there will be job losses. Um, it will deter the cafe or the restaurant hiring that additional Saturday or Sunday a part-time staff member for a young person. They just won't be able to if they're trying to consume all well, this. I'm, cost. I'm, I'm
1: talking to Simon Coveney on Monday, I understand, so I'd be happy to put put those... And you can uh, tell him his local oh, councillor is
10: calling <laughs> for it. I
1: will, <laughs> I will indeed and speaking of which, you're, you're running next time round.
10: Yeah, I'm delighted to confirm. I'm really excited uh, for the next campaign. It's looking like the local elections will be on the 7th of June uh, 2024. Um, I'm really proud of what I've accomplished. I've so much more in me uh, that I want to deliver for the Cashel-Tipperary area. So, yeah, I'll be going forward on, on the ballot, hopefully, after our Fine selection convention. And I'm looking forward to getting on the
1: doors again. All right. Well, we wish you well. And thanks for joining us uh, this morning. And thanks to Claire as well. We'll take a break. We're live from Cashel back in just a few moments Welcome back to uh, Tip Today, a special tip today. We are out and about in Cashel, and we're largely here because the Cashel Arts Festival is uh, underway, and we're going to uh, hear from some of the artists involved in that uh, over, the next, uh, what is it, over the next 25 minutes or so. But first of all, let us speak to Suba uh, Goda, who is with me. Suba, good morning to you, and uh, lovely to talk to you today. There's been much discussion about the pronunciation of your name, Suba. Um, your full name is what?
11: My full name is Subhashini.
1: Okay, right. So so there, there was some discussion on that this morning. Lovely to see you anyway. Um, choreographer? Uh, yes. Yeah, so tell me about the project that you're doing as part of the festival.
11: So we are working on a project called The Tale of uh, Seven Sisters. So we originally wanted to work with um, how different mythologies interpret the seven sister stars um, and the constellation. But we are focusing more on the rhythmic aspect of it. So there are five different choreographies that focus on different kinds of rhythms. But they also play around with uh, Indian dance and Irish dancing and Irish music as well. So it's going to be a mix of cultures as well while we're exploring these rhythm patterns.
1: Very good. Uh, tell me about the kind of work involved in choreographing them. Because I'm sure it's bad enough to choreograph a show, but to take in so many different aspects within their choreography. How, how
11: difficult was that? actually it wasn't that hard Um, I think the one thing that we found in common was the rhythm aspect so it was really easy to work with uh, counts of four or counts of eight and sort of come to uh, an agreement on what we really wanted from each other Um, I think the more challenging aspect was also figuring out how long the choreography should be um, the kind of uh, formations we wanted, who goes first, who goes second those kind of questions Um, more logistical basically but the choreography was a breeze yes
1: but the the melody. Uh, of the, the dance music would be quite different, but you're saying you, you could still count it in, in, in tempo.
11: Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. 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 It was interesting because I was actually um, anticipating a lot of difficulty, but I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't have a hard time um, and yeah. neither did the kids when they started uh, dancing to it. I mean, uh, the first time we put on some music and they started dancing, um, they were quite Natural at it, so I was quite
1: surprised, yeah. Right, and where the Indian aspect of the dancing would be concerned, I would imagine there's far more body movement than leg movement where the Irish dance is concerned. Is that... Is that
11: Absolutely. Yeah. So we do use a fair bit of footwork, but we also use a lot of gestures and uh, expressions. Yes. Um, because we are telling a story, there is a fair bit of expression, especially in the aspects that I'm doing. Um, but the, with, with the children, it's more uh, rhythmic. So they do do a lot of footwork and gestures and moving around in uh, patterns.
1: Right. Did you do some Irish dance yourself?
11: No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. It was so yeah. hard. I mean, I was uh, actually uh, jamming with a Irish dancer and I was like, wow, your feet is so fast. Yeah, I can't keep up. Um, but we do have a section where we dance together so we sort of try to recreate the same rhythms with our feet.
1: Very good indeed. I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to seeing that that lovely mix. Uh, when when can we see this particular event?
11: Um, this is on tomorrow, Saturday, at the 16th of September at 2.15. Hopefully at the Plaza if the weather stays good.
1: Okay. Is there a plan B if it's not? Uh, can you go indoors somewhere? You're not sure about that
11: We're yet. not sure about that yet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm sure there is a plan B.
1: Yeah, very good indeed. So uh, you're not living in Cashel, I guess, no, I, are you? Yeah.
11: No, I live in Dublin.
1: Right. Yeah, okay.
11: I study in Dublin.
1: So you've been imported in, so to speak, have you? For the Pretty festival?
11: much, but this sort of feels like home too.
1: Very good. And <laughs> yeah. do you do other festivals as well?
11: Um, yeah, I did um, perform at the Clonmel Junction Arts Festival. Okay. Um, yeah. And I am set to perform at the Imagine Arts Festival in Watford in October so I do do a couple of festivals around but what brought me to Dublin was a PhD so I
1: Oh, very good. And yeah. uh, the PhD was in what? Was it dance?
11: It's in dance anthropology, yeah, wow. at UCD. Uh, it's funded by the Irish Research Council. Okay, so, so yeah. v-
1: very interesting indeed. But that's dance in general you're looking to for your PhD, is it?
11: No, I work with Indian dance there as well, but more okay. the migrational aspects of it and how dance changes according to the geography we be belong to. Right. So. And is
1: there any relationship between Irish dance and Indian dance? Is there something... In
11: terms that? of... Um, Like nationalistically speaking, like how Irish dance went through uh, a transformation post-colonially, Indian dance had a similar transformation. So there are certain aspects that we do have in common, but I think that's where it ends. The post-coloniality is that's very
1: very interesting. So dance can reflect to the political aspect of a country. Absolutely,
11: social, political, economic, so many more.
1: Wow, indeed, yeah. yeah. What I find very interesting, we'll be talking in a minute about other aspects of dance as well, but I just find it interesting the uh, evolution of Irish dance from, from where it was very strict to now, of course, there is more body movement in that as well, you know. So it's great to see you, and thanks very much, Lee, for coming into us today. I'm delighted to be joined Thank now you. as well by Chantelle McCormick of Fidget Feet, who was listening with great interest, I would imagine, to that conversation. Chantelle, how are you?
12: I'm good, yeah.
1: Uh, good, good to see you today. Tell me about Fidget Feet.
12: Yeah, so uh, Fidget Feet, we're celebrating. 25 years this year um, and we're an aerial dance circus performance company based in Limerick.
1: Okay, so tell me what an aerial dance performance group is about.
12: Yeah, so we bring traditional circus, uh, aerial like circus tradition, like trapezes and ropes and we mix that with contemporary dance and we call it aerial dance. So we do, we fly off cranes. That's what we're doing this weekend here in Cashel. And we do off buildings. We do vertical dance off buildings, off cliffs. Um, And then we do a lot of indoor work, work for young audiences and theatre work and festival work.
1: That sounds very exciting, but tell me, how did this come about? I mean, when did, or who first decided, let's jump off a building while we're dancing? I mean, where did that wonderful idea come from?
12: Well, uh, since I was two years of age, it was really clear I was going to be a dancer. I did try Irish dancing, and the Irish dancing teacher said to my mum, she'll never be an Irish dancer. (laughs) So luckily, I didn't give up and uh, studied contemporary dance in London, and there uh, I've I fell into circus, and at that period of time, circus space was there, so in London. So we would have been training in circus and and finding the art form aerial dance, and uh, we call it vertical dance, people that go off buildings, Mm. and that would have started with um, climbers and um, mainly people that were interested in climbing and dancing.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. But I presume there's a certain dance freedom if you're sort of, you know, you're hanging from a crane or something. Oh, it's it's you, incredible. You, there is a freedom there, Oh, I my guess.
12: gosh. Yeah. Like, the thing is, is I very much wanted to stay on the ground when I was little going around seeing the Irish circuses. Yes. I would close my eyes when the <laughs> flying trapeze was on. So it was never in my um, journey uh, to be an aerialist. Uh, but a respect for height is really important, and that's what I have. But as soon as you try... Dancing in the air, you never want to go back. The freedom.
1: I I, I can imagine but uh, tell me about the talent you need though because I mean you could be a very talented dancer but I guess it mightn't work for you to be suspended in some
12: way so so yeah it takes a lot of time the circus, traditional circus apparatuses because you have to build different strengths so dancers would be very strong in their legs and their core strength but the strength that you need to do aerial is very different Um, harness work it's very easy for dancers to transfer into harness work and vice versa Mm. but you know If you want to be good at anything, doesn't matter what it is, you put the time in.
1: Yes, I can well imagine indeed. Mm. Uh, So what can people expect in Cashel then, So,
12: Yeah, so we're so thrilled to be back in Tipperary because 25 years ago, Melanie Scott, the arts officer then, she was one of the first arts officers, her and Trey Luck from the Donegal County Council, that um, I was in dance college and I booked Fidget first tour in Ireland back 25 years ago in my lunch breaks. So... It's really nice. House is part of this uh, um, local authority collaboration with Donegal County Council, Tipperary County Council and Kildare. Mm. So this is us back here in Tipperary knowing that 25 years ago when I made the phone call to Melanie, she was like, okay, I'll give you a go. And now we're bringing this huge production in Tesco's car park with local um, community people performing with us and uh, flying off a crane.
1: Uh, It's just a beggar's belief. I can't wait to see it. When you say locals involved with you, tell me about that.
12: Yeah, so the project isn't just about the performance. We've also been here in Cashel for five weeks offering free workshops to the local schools, um, any local groups, and then we were doing um, an open day where people could try aerial, and then out of those groups, some of them are going to be performing with us on the ground, Um, and we'll have... I don't want to give too much away. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. So t- tell me about the time it's happening at?
12: It's um 1 and 4 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday.
1: Right, tomorrow and, and Sunday. Yeah. All yeah. right, so much-, much to look forward to. Have you a definite troupe? I mean, have you a gang that work with you all the time? Is yeah. It-
12: yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We- we're based in the in Limerick, so we have like a fidget feet yes. performance group. And the this show, House, what's different about this is that uh, you come in your car or you can come and not in your car. So it's a drive-in bingo extravaganza with and Can you Ariel. tell us
1: about the bingo aspect of
12: it? Yeah, so, so um, it's actually based on a, um, it's kind of funny because it's like the main character is the bingo caller okay. and the <laughs> biddy has decided she's the new um, community, she's in charge of the bingo and she's accidentally got it mixed up. So she thinks it's the old bingo collar that's coming, but it's actually a famous American-Irish actor that's coming. So there's a lot of play. There's a lot of story. So much theatre in it. And then you go in your cars and you get given a proper bingo card and you play the game. And what the kids and all the parents love, you beep the horns loud and proud. You know, (laughs) when do you get to make noise like that? And then as the bingo game is happening and all the theatre is happening, we have Elvis impersonators on a tractor. We've, like cheerleaders, marching bands, constantly interrupting the, the game. Um, so it's. It's bonkers crazy, and it's basically been made to give people joy, you know. Well,
1: I'm sure it certainly will indeed. So just give us the times for that again. That's twice tomorrow, is it? Yeah,
12: 1 yeah. and 4 p.m. Saturday and Sunday, All and right. book tickets. And yeah. it's
1: in Tesco Car Park. And again, you have a fantastic view of the Rock of cash yes. there right behind you, yeah. which, is, which is great. Uh, thanks for talking to us, Chantel, and thanks very much indeed, Suva. Thank you. We'll take a break. We're live from Cashel back in just a few moments. If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip Today on
6: 1-800-938-007. Join the conversation in Tipperary. Contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or email tiptoday at tipfm.com.
1: Welcome back to Tip Today, a special program for you today because we're coming to you live from the town of Cashel and we're celebrating the fact that the Cashel Arts Festival is underway. And, of course, in the next hour, as usual on a Friday, we will have our panel live from the City of the Kings. But right now it's time for some live music. And we promised you live music today and we're looking forward to this because we have members of Cashel Cultus with us, because Nora and Fiona Bryan with us and also playing the concert. Tina a little later on, Keen Fitzgerald with us and from Kilcash and I was warned to make sure that that comes out from Kilcash cultists uh, on the keyboard today is Hazel O'Reilly so you're all extremely welcome and thanks very much indeed for uh, joining us uh, today. Let's go first of all to Nora and Fiona O'Brien and uh, Fiona, I think you were uh, appointed a spokesperson there, she she pointed uh, at you, you're going to play a couple of pieces first but you you said you're taking part in the Indian dancing as well supplying the music, are you?
10: Um, Yeah, me and another girl on the- flute yeah playing two jigs
1: and two reels right and them. did you did you have to learn sort of a different kind of music for that or no
10: there it's like a mix between Is that- Irish music and Indian dancing
1: right so okay. What, yeah. what are you making of the Indian dancing that you've seen so far? Have you? I think it's really you cool. You think it's cool? Yeah. It? <laughs> okay. Well, we heard about it a little uh, later on. I know people are looking forward to that. You're going to play us a couple of tunes. What are, what are you going to do?
13: Um, we're going to do two jigs: okay. the
10: Ships in Full Sail and the Cats Meow.
1: Right. Very good. I can't get over I'm meeting traditional musicians who knows the names of their tunes. <laughs> it's great. All right. In your own time, guys. Whenever this is a uh, Fionn and Nora O'Brien. Mm. Well done absolutely lovely wonderful that's uh, Nora and Fiona O'Brien there uh, on flutes and a compliment there from Hazel O'Reilly of Kilcash uh, cultus and uh, Nora and Fiona of Castle Community School I think uh, as well the fair play to you. Let's go to concertina right now and uh, Kian Fitzgerald is with us. Cian how are you? I'm not too bad. Uh, good to see you and uh, tell me about the concertina unusual instrument to some degree in this part of the world is it I or, uh, associated with County Clare mostly? I suppose
14: in the last couple of years it's really after Growing a lot, the concertina. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it's only after becoming a big instrument in the last maybe 20, 30 years.
1: Yeah. So it's new new enough to the big picture of Irish music as yeah, I, I, I loved the sound of it. I used to love Noel Hill way, yeah, way before your time. He's, he's I used to the man him. that um, he really revolutionized the Irish concertina. He, he did, didn't he? Yeah. And the, the whole technique of it and that as well. What, what are you going to play for his game? Well, unlike the two lads, I don't know the first the name of the first tune, <laughs> but um, the second tune is called Saint Patrick's Night. All oh, right, two in, reels in, in your own time. Right. stuff. Mighty tunes all together. A couple of reels there from uh, Kian Fitzgerald. Did you start off playing the box first or did you go straight to the no, concertina? I was straight to the concertina, yeah. Was it? Yeah. 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 And and what made you pick the concertina? I think it was, I'd say nearly 10 years ago now. Um, I was at
14: the summer show in Brew Brew and I seen a concertina solo and I was like,
1: Jesus, I want to play that. That's, that's for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's great. But the possibility it's on it now. Yeah, it's just, just incredible. Yeah. Lots of buttons. Yeah, lots of buttons, but all tiny little buttons yeah. as well. But well done to you, that's terrific. Let's Thanks. go back to Fionn and Nora again, because you're going to play one more piece for us, I think, are you? Just to, to yeah. finish off, uh, and uh, we'd be delighted to hear that. Do you know what you're going to do? Um, right. Okay. Yes, yes, Fionn, what, what are you going to play? Play
10: uh, Snow Air.
1: Okay. Yeah. In, in your own time. In your own time. Gordon, is that another piece, is it? I'm not, You're not so sure. Friendly. All right, okay, it sounds fantastic. And thank you so much for coming in as us. Well done to Nora and to Fiona O'Brien there, and uh, to Kian Fitzgerald, uh, all from Cashel Cultus and Cashel Community School there, and on the keyboard, and the lady who had to load the big keyboard into the OB unit today, Hazel O'Reilly. Thanks for that, Hazel. And Hazel, of course, is associated with Kilcash Cultus. All right, we're here live from Cashel today. do on Nought, August and August. Carmina good pats, and uh, you're very welcome back to the final hour of Tip Today. It's an out-and-about uh, tip today. We're here on the Main Street in uh, Cashel in support of the Cashel Arts Festival, which kicked off last night and runs right through the next uh, couple of days as well. My friend Joe he was on to us from Seesaw to tell us about uh, an event being run by Clanmel Lions Club, and it is celebrating over 50 years of service in South Tipperary. There's a sure Blueway 50-50 joint-sponsored walk that's happening uh, this coming Sunday. Sunday. It's starting at half past ten from the Gas House Bridge in Tlanmel and refreshments available in Kilcheelan and all donations welcome on the day and proceeds in aid of local charities in Tlanmel, including uh, the aforementioned uh, Seesaw and indeed Barnardo's as well. So well done to uh, the Lions Club where that is concerned and they're looking for as many people as possible to take part. Alright then, it is time for our Friday panel and I'm glad to be joined in our OB unit by Tom Woods. Tom, of course, uh, regular contributor to the programme, former county Councillor Alison Devere Hunt is with us again, frequent contributor. Uh, casual Mart, of course, and uh, Liam Brown is with us, and Liam contributes to the program quite a lot, and is now the casual correspondent with the Tipperary Echo as well. So you're all extremely welcome, and thank you for for coming into us on this wet, rather miserable day as well. Um, Liam, did you want us to cover? We hadn't intended uh, covering the uh, the hole in the strand in in, in Dublin, but uh, you were intrigued by all of that, were you? Well, I
14: was trying to, It was a quite a funny story, but it just shows you that there's so much news out there nowadays and fake news and any story would be believed by somebody if you make it uh, look good enough and I think that Virgin Media were caught out very badly this week. By I felt for them, I really felt
1: for them. You know? yeah. But
14: uh, a hole in the ground turned out not to be the meteor that we were all worried about. And yeah. Maybe we can look up, it's not coming down to get us just yet. But Is there a lack
1: of credibility for astrophysicists
14: now? Uh, so, there might be, I don't think <laughs> Dave Kennedy is going to run to the television as quick the next time. I think he'll do a small bit more research. Yeah um, he's, uh, not, he said "No, you didn't come out looking too well out of it
1: no. Yeah you were fun uh, we as well as uh, were you?
13: I was and yeah. uh, no sure it was hilarious like to yeah. be honest the memes now after it and the <laughs> mess just going around um
1: like it, it was it right. Was and for people who weren't following it, it turned out that it was just a dad. Two this hole lads within. with
13: two kids' speeds built this hole at the weekend. Um, <laughs> now it looked like a fairly impressive hole, but <laughs> I, you know, I say, I do, yeah, I'd love to know or? where Dave Kennedy found the rock yeah. that was scorched. <laughs> well, as you
3: talk
15: about the rock, Fran might remember even some years ago. You talk about people getting you know, getting caught. Uh, there was a rumor out suggesting that there was going to be a glass roof over the rock. (laughs) And in fact, the correspondence that I got from media people in Dublin over the next couple of (laughs) days after it, like, and and, uh, they thought it was going to be a wonderful idea because Cormac's Chapel in particular, being sandstone and everything, that it needed the protection, and this this was going to be. I had to come on actually, and I was on I was on one of the programs explaining and what, that, that what this, was it
1: April Fools? Not no. that
15: this glass roof would actually, you, it would automatically open, and you could open it down when the <laughs> weather would be fine, and then because you imagine looking up at the Rock of and it's literally covered in glass and a <laughs> <Yeah>. dome. But <laughs> well, people will believe these things.
1: You know, it's it's just, is, is that yeah. amazing? All right. We? Well, as I say, I, fe- <laughs> I felt for Virgin Media. It, I think that's what they're called. I suppose
15: as, it was, as no, long as no one fell into
14: the hole, it was all right. <laughs> if, you're
15: so, if, you,
1: if, you, if you're so
14: incredible, people will believe <laughs>
1: They will believe you indeed. All fair. right. So, a big story of the week then was the vote <coughs> of no confidence in the Garden Commissioner, Drew Harris, mm-hmm. by the Garden mm-hmm. Representative mm-hmm. Association. Justice uh, Minister Helen McAtee uh, standing by the embattled uh, Commissioner and uh, dire warnings of cuts to police services and all sorts of stuff. I spoke to uh, Michal Martin on the programme on Tuesday, I think it was. He told me it wasn't the place of the government to be interfering. And policing matters, which a lot of people were surprised by, but there you go. Alison, can I start with you uh, on this? Um, is his position tenable with you know the fact the grassroots of the, the force? 98.7% yeah. of
13: them, Fran, I don't think it's tenable. I think it hasn't been tenable for a long time, and I also don't think Helen McEntee's position is tenable. I don't think she's strong enough to be Justice Minister. Sure. Her head is on the hate speech bill and that's it. We've never had a slower morale in the Garda ranks. We've since her say reign as Minister of uh, Justice, there's been less and less guards every year. So, doesn't that tell us something? Like, we're living in a much more dangerous country than we were a decade <coughs> ago or even five years ago. Something has to be done. People aren't feeling safe, and that's countrywide. That's not just uh, in Dublin or in some of the major cities like we saw Galway last week. Um, really, you know, it's time now to like to listen to. Their members, mm. but also to listen to the people. Um, we need more rank and file gardie We need so many more gardie on the streets. Uh, we need our system to change too, our judicial system. We need another jail to be built, which was supposed to, was in the pipeline there before. We haven't the space to put people. But to be honest, the system is broken from top to bottom. And I think Drew Harris, you know, it was the wrong person for the job
1: in the first place. Yeah. Um, and what, why do you think? Is that because of his background?
13: I or? think so. You yeah. know, I think we should have been an Irish, you know, person who understands who came up the ranks here in Ireland. Yeah. Um, because that knowledge is needed, you know. And I think, to be honest, this idea—if if someone voted for ninety-eight point seven percent for me to get out of something—I'd be gone running. Like to have to be that gutsy to stay mm. put. It's over.
1: But you have the Minister of the Government coming out straight away to say, <coughs> no, no we, we have full belief and but confidence th- in. They
13: know. do. They might have full belief. But look at the statistics. Look at what's happening on the streets. You know, like, it is just all wrong. There's so yes. many elements to this.
1: Yeah, Liam, wh- what about you where this is concerned? The vote, first <coughs> of all, I guess you weren't surprised with that result, were you? Well, I, I was listening to Richard yesterday from the GRA, and I wasn't surprised with the
14: result, but as like G- Richard said, I was surprised with the turnout mm. because you would argue so what that was it eighty five percent eighty five percent of yeah. the guards voted, yeah. and yeah. at at ninety eight point three percent of of them voted for no confidence. Um, I think look, if if I when I grew up, I remember all the guards in the town. I would have known all the guards on the whole town would have known them, and those guys, mostly guys, were the a few vanguardy but they'd have been almost jobs for life, like you know. They went into the Guardian, and they served their 30 years <coughs> before they retired. I'm beginning to meet an awful lot of people now who have kind of gone into the guards for a couple of years and then come back out. And I think there's no better indication of a problem in a, in a workplace if people give up the job after a couple of years. So there is obviously big problems in the, in the force. The roster thing, which they really complained about. I mean, we've been hearing since COVID and. They got a different a different roster because of COVID, and that's mm. fair enough. But we've been hearing since COVID that in a lot of cases, new <coughs> rosters that were brought in during COVID have worked for people. They've given them more time at home. They've given them more time with their families. We're constantly hearing that that's good for people, that's good for their mental health. And then first chance they get as soon as COVID is over, they're taking that back off them again. Well, the Commissioner changed his mind, in fact, along
1: the way, and this was a bone of contention. Well, what I,
14: can't, what I can't understand is, you know, if, 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 if the system is working, under the what was they called the COVID roster. Why not leave it there, you know, if, if the Gardaí themselves are happy to work those. But institutionally, right right from top to bottom, I mean, I know my house was broken into a couple of years ago and I was brought down a couple of weeks later to have a look at a system to see that had, had they found the stuff that was taken from my house. And I couldn't believe how poor their IT systems were. <coughs> Uh, they barely had internet. They were working on computers that were ten or fifteen years old. My children would have thrown them out the back and yet the guardie were expected to do their job on them and that that's not right. Um, they're working below in a building which Tom will probably be able to tell me exactly, but I'm sure it's over hundred years old. And it's an old army barracks. Like that's not that's not fit for purpose in a modern society anymore. There's not any other modern modern company would would put their employees into that. You'd probably find if you went down through it, it'd probably be condemned. But yes, you know, we're expecting new guardies to go into it and I I don't think that Drew Harris, myself, I don't think he, he should have got the job in the first place. I was very surprised when he did. Not only did he get the job then, but he also brought down some other people from the old RUC around him, kind of his, his top table, where you would have lost a lot of what were coming up through the ranks in Ireland. And I mean, I don't mean to sound like that uh, someone from the north shouldn't get a job down the south.
1: Of course they should. Mm. I mean, I regard the island as one island. Yeah, well, that's but the, that, Liam, there were issues before he took, uh, to, uh, oh, took the, the, the position and I know a lot of people discussed the fact that at the time maybe you needed an outsider to come in and look mm. look at the force the way it was. So I mean that that was deliberate at the time. And I have no problem with that but uh, if an outsider comes into an organisation they need to work
14: with the people within the organisation mm. to find out what the problems are and see can they be fixed. True Harris seems to come into the Guard organisation <coughs> and then bring in more outsiders with yes. him who he had worked with before. And if, and we the were course. detached from the, the organisation that was there.
1: And now, Tom, you have a situation of policing in Tipperary, where we're governed from Ennis, and yeah. that, people are incensed.
15: Yeah, you're in a different era now, Fran. I mean, can you just imagine if 20, 30 years ago Garda came out and was opposing the Garda Commissioner or anything to say that was downgrading mm-hmm. somebody within it never the service. Sure. It would never have happened. No. It's, it's, a tot- it's a totally different atmosphere that we're living in with technology, everything. And I think, you know, when you think about it, I would be saying all these changes have started to come with the closure of our Garda stations, number one, some years ago. And I mean, as, as Liam said there, we all knew our Garda when we were growing up and you know, sure. in the town here up to some years ago, and the Guarddie knew the people and that was very, very important. The other aspect of it today as well is look at the increase in population locally and nationally in the, in the in the last decade even, and the fact that the number of gardi ha, has been reduced significantly mm-hmm. with less people now seemingly interested in, in in becoming a member of the force so y- you have a complicated situation now. I was surprised when I realized that the garda commissioner was in his position for the last five years. I didn't think it was actually that length of time. I can see why perhaps at the time it was decided it would be good to bring somebody often as it is from the outside in with whatever experience they had and they'd be looking at it in a different way. But you have to listen to the people on the ground and I mean to, to look through the list of the problems that were there. I mean to think that the gardaí were complaining about having to so much paperwork. Mm. I mean paperwork in this day and age. Uh, I mean it, it, it sounds mm. as, as if you were back it's in the true. 1940s. Mm. So much paperwork. Uh, you know the the, the, hour, the hours that they are working themselves. Uh, the, the issues in relation to that, and of course that all came about during the COVID yeah, period yeah. when 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 uh, the hours were changed, and I think they they were working for. What what was it a six day week with four days off etc etc and then of course Gardi have families they have children they have husbands or wives, whatever partners, whatever the case may be if you have a significant change without having an input into it in an area like that it can cause a lot of problems in relation to childcare services etc etc, even travel so you know, there are issues that you think people could have just sat down and discussed Mm. and came up with a solution but that's the
1: worrying point isn't it that there wasn't that ability for them to say now now they're rolling back and say oh yes we'll talk.
15: I mean there wasn't one major major situation there that couldn't be discussed around yep. yep. the table, uh, and 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 as I said, something like this, if it if it happened years ago, everyone in the country would be shocked. There's no one surprised at the moment because this is par for the course in a lot of in a lot of situations
1: yep. in the country. They, now. they are trying to roll back at this point, uh, Alison. But I mean, you know, with him still in place there, with the government saying, you know, we have confidence, it's very hard to know how they're going to come to some sort of a. I mean, how can he work with these people who don't believe in him? You
13: know? Well, you see, I don't think, uh, say, he particularly no. worked with them in the first anyway, place. And I think yeah. that's, you know, and look, we are looking before Drew Harris, like when you go back to the whole, you know, McCabe controversy and mm. say, the, uh, you know, when you look the at the and whistleblowers, and all of, that. Blowers, yeah. all of yeah. that, like it has been kind of rotten for a while. But the way, you know, the people have spoken, and we don't just see it in the whole Garda thing, we see it across the board. The people have spoken, but yet the government are like dictators. They're not listening to the people, on many an issue. And I don't know how this is going to be solved, and I don't know how they're going to get more guards on the street, because we do, you know, as um, Thomas was saying there, we have a lot more people living in this country in the last decade. Mm. You know, our infrastructure cannot support it. Not just the guards, but the hospitals, the doctors, Mm. the schools we cannot you know there's yes there's space for them we don't have the housing but you know the the land space is there but we do not have the infrastructure and it's not fair on the people who or born here, and it's not pe- fair on the people who are coming in here either, because everybody has a poor system because of it. And the Guards is exactly the same. Yeah,
1: <coughs> did you find it interesting what Mehol Martin said, that he didn't feel that there was a role for government involvement in what's going on in the Gardaí? I mean, why do we have a Minister for Justice? That's what listeners were crying out to us at the time, you know?
14: Yeah, that's, that was funny, but it doesn't surprise me with Michal because Michal likes to push away every single problem to some other report, or Commission or something else. Well, Minister
1: Martin did it with RTE as well. Like, well when you, you, you,
14: you know, I find Ministers, Ministers want to come and they want to cut ribbons yeah. and they want to be seen at photo opportunities. <coughs> but for an awful lot of time, they don't want to do their jobs. Um, like, I feel sorry for a lot of the, the Gardaí because it's it's become... Tom mentioned it there when he was speaking about the amount of paperwork. I mean, I remember 25 years ago being told with computerisation we were going towards a, a, a paperless society. Yeah. We've never had to sign so many papers or forms. We've so many systems. There's an awful lot of oversight. And there's nothing wrong with oversight when it's used properly. But Gardaí are afraid. I mean, you see those Gardaí who were charged for chasing... Uh, people down the motorway criminals down the yeah. motorway and they were criminals let's just call a spade a spade and it's the Gardie that, that ends up getting charged and a couple of weeks later then they were afraid to go down after one in Mitchestown and somebody got killed on a road by a, a person going down the wrong way down the motorway so I mean you have Gardie who feel their hands are tied <coughs> on the ground who feel they can't get out they're probably reading 101 policies because there's the amount of virtue virtuous signalling that's gone into so many organisations in this country. We must get all the virtue signalling right instead of actually going out, meeting people and doing the uh, Garda work. Because let's be honest about it. Every single person, say in, in most areas, know the vast majority of people who are getting in trouble, the, mm. the people who are causing trouble, the people who you need to keep an eye on. And you can't because if you ask somebody, well, what are you doing there? well you're harassing me or get lost or... Hmm. I, I hear reports almost daily now at this stage of gardi being assaulted I never heard a report of gardi being assaulted and if a Gardaí was assaulted he'd be sorted out Pretty quickly, you know, it's, it's a very different world. Yeah, different one, world. one of
1: the other things that seems to worry everybody as well, Tom, is that you know just to fill rosters now and the late they have to take from community policing, mm-hmm. they have to take from drugs units, mm-hmm. they have to take from the rapid response uh, people as well. That, that's very concerning. Isn't yeah, it?
15: well, it's fine to staff all these sections if you have the, the staffing numbers, yeah. but I mean that's is the bottom line. You don't have them. And there are less and less people now inclined to to want to even join, and and you can see the reasons why. And it's the, it's the same, though, friend, and a lot of other employment situations now in modern times, you know, people have different, the younger people in particular, they have a different, total different Mm -hmm. attitude than than maybe our generation would have had, or or more recent, you know, generations. But, but, I mean, it's just, but something has to change. I mean, otherwise, what are you going to have for the next couple of months? You're going to have conflict there all the time. Mm -hmm. I can see why maybe... A minister and a department might leave it to the the actual body to 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 implement or to prepare mm. to do whatever they have to do, whether it's a health service or if, whatever. If that's happening, if it's if it's yeah. working, yeah. But when it's not working, mm. well, I mean, definitely you have to get involved and you have to be clear. And but you have to first of all realise what the problem is. And I mean, everybody sitting in Dál Eireann or in Shannon Eireann must know what the problems are. We're not living in a in a, in a, in a vast country, you know. So you know there i can see that there there will have to be change but it's not going to be easy, mm-hmm. and and as I said, with, with a lack of numbers and and a reduction in numbers, and a lot of people now actually, I believe, reaching the age now where they can actually retire. Yeah. Their 30 yeah. they're 30 years old. They're
14: going out, and, and they're, they're going out as quick as they
15: in. can as quick as they can go. Yeah. and and there's nobody going to say, "Oh gosh i will stay on for a couple of more years." Yeah. Not in that type of Not in that type of yeah. yeah. Well, friend
14: it. it was almost a closed <coughs> shop, and you know yourself. Yeah. Uh, when we were younger, it was almost a closed shop to get into Gardy. It was almost mm. impossible to get in. Yes, now it's almost impossible. to recruit people, people don't want to go in and like I said at the start Mm -hmm. if you have a job where people don't want to do it well, then maybe you should have yeah, a look then, at the job. Yeah, but then,
1: Liam, you had the farcical situation a couple of weeks ago where, you know, the people who went through the at- interview situation yeah. and all that ended up in Templemore. They had tattoos mm. they were sent yeah, home. Yeah,
14: absolutely, really? a farcical situation. Like we, yeah. We've got to realise that the, th- this is this is the country we're living in now. I mean, I have two mm. kids. They're 19 and 23. Both of them have tattoos. I'm 51. I don't have a tattoo. Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, it's a different generation. But that's the generation that have to come in to replace, as Tom said, the ones that are going out. Mm-hmm. And yes. if the ones that are going out are telling people, you can't come in because you have a tattoo your arm mm.
1: it's absolutely ridiculous right. it's not
14: going to stop them doing a good
1: job because honestly they were following a handbook that was sort of developed and printed a hundred years ago yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. the
13: problem yeah. you know say it, they haven't moved with the yeah. times and the garden yeah. college probably needs a lot of work on it as well really to be honest mm. but i don't know like i really it's 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 so frustrating i'm not um. sure can
14: they have beards I mean, there was a time there. They, they can't know. Yeah, that's I what I'm understand. saying, but I mean, it was that yeah. that sort of yes. thing. Gardy yeah. couldn't even have a beard like. I mean, yeah. what difference does that make to, to, him to being policing? A good Gardner, to,
1: yeah? to policing. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we're live from Cashel today. Our panel with us, and we'll be right back to you in just a few moments.
0: Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry in association with Slattery's of Pecon, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecon, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie.
1: welcome back to Tip Today, welcome back to our Friday panel, and uh, Alison Devere Hunt is with us, Liam Brown and uh, Tom Woods. Now we have the Fianna Fáil Party thinking in the horse and jockey this week, uh, dominated of course by the farmers uh, protest. We now have Fianna Gael in Limerick, we have the Greens in Tremor, and we have Sinn Féin in uh, Dublin. So Tom, do you want to kick this off for me? Thinkings for for starters, mm. are, they, are they worth anything to do? Well do I
15: suppose if I was a Green today I wouldn't like to be on the Beach in Tremor. <laughs> I'd say it. it's probably a little bit wet well, you, you down there. You could blame it on climate change, <laughs> as well. I, I was just looking it up there recently, friend, and I think actually the first of these think-ins I think started around 1999. And it was held in San Mel. It was the Gael think-in, and wow. I think it might have been the the actual first one that was that was held. And in that particular year, all the major parties actually held. What they call their, their thinking, I mean, fine if 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 it's what it's meant to be. But I mean, I know that they do occasionally bring in experts, as they call them, from outside to address them, etc., etc. But I think in recent years, it, it's kind of if you look at the locations where these events are being held, it's it's kind of a more of a of a push to to, so, you know, to encourage more support for whatever party it yes, is, etc., yeah. etc. Et but you know, people don't. Think of these things. The general public don't look at it like that. Uh, the one, the one good aspect of it is that the, the areas that they're being held in, or the hotels that they're being held in, at least they're getting mo- funding. They're getting money out of it uh, for the two days or whatever that it lasts for. But you know, I can't see why there's ample space above in the buildings in in in, in and. To, to have meetings, and I'm sure they have regular meetings. They have all these committees that they never had before. I mean, TDs are on God knows how many committees, senators as well. But if you have to kind of leave that area to come down the... They feel that they're you know that they're kind of connecting with the public now maybe they are more today because of of radio (coughs) studios like yourselves and that they can actually go and interview them and people can listen to them, that wouldn't have been the same even in the past that people are listening and uh, if people don't agree with what has been said it's good that they hear it anyway so they can have an idea so you know in one sense I, I, I would think that they're a waste of time, but on on another hand, it all depends on what the content is and what, what the public themselves hear, and the reaction of the public, how they can react to it, mm. like the farmers, for instance, in in, in the jockey and where in Limerick is it. Is it today uh, yes, uh, yeah. that, that they can we'll actually they have an opportunity there to to, to do th- that protest that they have been carrying out, which they can do and yeah. do above well, and beyond? Of, of course,
1: Liam, that makes them vulnerable. Then, as as Tom said, to the farmer, the IFA protest, for example, and they, that completely took the spotlight, I suppose, mm. off of maybe the message they were trying to put out there, because it was a very very um, upfront protest from IFA, wasn't it? Hey,
14: it was, yeah, and I mean I agree with a lot of what Tom said. And, I had the pleasure of being at one of these think-ins once. Um to be honest if so actually... any
1: use, then? Any, any use ah, then. It's kind
14: of a rallying of the troops and you know and this is what we're going to do and this is the message we're going to get out. But if anything it actually destroys democratisation within internally within parties because I thought that's what our were supposed to do like an audishes you would bring in the general membership from around the country. Uh, that would go and and talk to the the big boys at the top table, now they're keeping those people out and they're just talking amongst themselves and I think that's one of the biggest problems that all political parties have at the moment in Ireland is they spend so much time talking amongst each other to themselves, and I suppose clapping each other on the back and bringing in experts. I mean you bring in Brian Cody or someone like that to talk to him about about leadership, and I don't know how many of them are coaching hurling teams like. It's all well and good, but it doesn't really tell people about the problems out on the street that they're supposed to be dealing with. And then you give opportunities for the farmers, which I'm not sure we're going to go into exactly why the farmers were were complaining. But they made an awful lot of noise. They took an awful lot of attention off of what was supposed to be a Fianna Fáil thinking. And, I mean, that's a different story altogether that we we should be talking about. Uh, I'm not a big fan of these Um, thinkings. I think, you know, it's, oh, we're going back to work next week. Maybe taking the eyes off the fact that they've been off work for two
1: months, unlike the rest of us. Yeah, but I mean, the notion of a thinking is that people would have an input into mm. something, but you're all, all of the decisions have been made in terms Yeah, that, of, that, that's it. Know. That's why it,
14: it becomes, like Tom mm. said, it really becomes a, a photo shoot. Yeah. And I mean, I looked at me, Hall Martin, four or five times in The Horse and Jockey, and the thing that struck me most was that the man could hardly move with so many people trying to jockey into yeah. position beside yeah. him. He was to, locked up. To be up part and, of the photograph. Yeah, yeah. To, go, I, to be honest, I think an awful lot of people, we used to see that at the auditions and there was lads fighting to pull each other out of the way to get into the picture. Yeah. Most of us actually laugh at them doing that now and they, they think we are still we still want to see it. I laugh at people doing that now. I mean, if you're sitting up on top of Hall Martin's shoulder, and I'll vote for you because you got a picture of Hall Martin. That's a bit of a joke,
1: to be yeah. quite honest. Uh, Alison, first of all, what, what about the thinkings, and then we'll talk a little about the farming because uh, that's that's your particular cup of tea. But what, the thinking in general, first of all, a political jaunt. I is like it? to even
13: see some of the TDs with their photos up, you know, selfies with them all, and it just looked like you know a nice little holiday. Um, and as you said, the decisions have been made. So, like, what is what are they there for? And I, nobody like they they came out and spoke to the farmers for a few Mm. minutes, but like again, there was Mm. nothing got out of that. Mm. Like the decisions had been made again. So really. You know, I think, and again, the same down in the Strand Hotel in Limerick today mm. with Fine Gael. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no change. It's another jaunt.
1: Yeah. Now, we'll, for fear, people might think that we're homing in on Micheál Martin. Mm-hmm. I'll be speaking to Simon Covening on, on Monday and stuff. But but s- several things that, that Micheál Martin said to me the other day really had people jumping up and down. And he made the point that we weren't looking at the positives and the particular... Uh, aspect of that that he took was the HSE. He said that, you know, the media were homing in on all the negatives, and nobody was playing to the positives of the HSE. I heard it, you Fran. Know, people got so angry over
13: Yeah, him. and I don't blame him, because to be honest, I was listening to that piece, and the one word that kept coming into my head was propaganda. Mm is like people aren't buying it anymore Mm. people bought it for a long time but it's starting to hurt people in their pockets and much more you know say people are seeing elderly people on trolleys they're seeing you know people dying prematurely not being able to get hospital appointments not being able to get doctors appointments the whole system is broken and him on his propaganda machine filling everybody with nonsense that's not going to make it right. People know at this stage, because I would say everybody has been affected in some shape or form. And the day has passed of... And I thought, to be honest, he was quite demeaning in his tone towards you, you know. And how dare you ask him. Mm. Mm. Fair play is all I can say, Frank, because you asked what the rest of us would love to ask. Um, you didn't get the answers that I, you know, I didn't find that a lot of them were true. But look, that's you ask them, and people got, can make up their own mind after that. But I thought he was a disgrace, really, to be honest, um, because we all know the HSC is in a shambles, and it needs. There's a, you know, and money is always thrown out as the answer. There's been more money thrown at, in many departments over the last number of years. The system needs mm. to change. So it's not about money. No, it will not part. just about yeah. money. Yeah. But look at CAMS, look at all of it. Yeah, it's it's just rotten to the core. And friend, yeah. you know, yes,
15: we mentioned earlier the gardee kind of something similar, gardee trying to get out of the service or making sure they're gone after the 30 years. Look at all the professional people within the health service. That mm. are under so it's 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 not about money in most mm. cases, but are under so much stress that it's so easier for them to actually go abroad yes. mm. and mm. get ah, and, so many of them and, are. and get away yeah. from mm. them, and go thousands of kilometers away from this country and feel happy with their families yeah. and still do yeah. an excellent job. So I mean the whole system is, is just crazy. There's only one positive thing that I would say about these meetings, like mm. the one in the horse yeah. and jockey the other day. I do know, I do know that concerned local councillors, Fianna Fáil councillors in different areas did bring maybe a minister or a minister of state to their own area to point out something that was of importance at that particular time. That in itself if it had any results later is good. At least the minister could, could so stand on the side. there's access some, yeah, to someone There's access to someone that you wouldn't have got before and maybe that's what more people should be doing in general when these things are held in different parts of the country mm. that they should be in, inviting mm. these particular ministers, if you have a health mm. situation like we have in St. Patrick's mm. here in Cashel, if you, if, whatever it is that you invite that particular minister or minister of yes. state and bring them onto but, the site with the local people. You've,
1: you've seen all of that happen. I saw Simon I Harris do it and what yeah. difference does well, it make? That's I mean, the he, point. He yeah. couldn't get over some of the services we had yeah. here in Cash that weren't yeah. being made full use of, yeah. you know. The other interesting thing, <clears throat> Liam, is that now it strikes me that, the, you know, people from the government parties are coming out and, and, and calling on ministers within their government to do things for them. It's like, what is that about?
14: that's trying to fool people into thinking they're doing something when they're doing nothing at all. It's absolute, it's, that's an absolute joke, like, I mean, you, you hear Fine Gael councillors and Fianna Fáil councillors, I'm going to talk to the minister, I'm going to do you know, I'm going to bang my, bang my fist on a table, we're going to get something done. They go up, they get a photo opportunity, they put the photo opportunity up on their Facebook page, they tell the people when they come back down here, oh, I spoke to the minister and they're listening to me, and then nothing changes. I mean, uh, Michael Martin, as you said there, he, he comes out and he says, people should give us you know, credit for doing the good stuff. Look, you're supposed to do the good stuff. That's what you're being paid to do. That's what you're taking tax off me to do. That's what you're taking tax off every working person in the country to do. That's your job. Don't come out and tell me I want to clap in the back and don't complain when I'm doing my my job badly. Let's be honest about it. We're in an election cycle. There's going to be an election in nine months' time. All you're going to hear now from Fine Gael, Fianna Fall councillors are what they've been doing with the Minister, what they're going to do in the town. But I'll guarantee you this. 90% 90% of the things that they're going to do will be things that will be delivered, unfortunately, after the election. So if your vote is in now, we'll make sure they get done. I'll go back to a decision that was we were fighting about last week up at Scolangus, and I want to mention Scolangus. Last March they said they were going to build new classrooms at Scolangus. There was nothing built. They went back to school in June and they said, OK, we're not going to build the classrooms, but we'll have port cabins. They went back on, on site on the first day of school and no port cabins. And they're now above is the school, they now building the port cabins while they're trying to do school with the kids who need structure in, in their school. There. And we, we had people rushing out to put up a good news story about mm. Scolangasa. The FINA Fall, the Fina Gael councillors, look what we're going to do. They haven't done it. And now they're going to say, I'm going to talk to the Minister to make sure it's done next time. Yeah, And it was no, fun,
1: fundraising that got the exactly. site even in the first place. Let's, let's, yeah. let's see the job
14: done yeah. and then take credit. I have no problem giving credit to no. any member of any party who does a good job.
1: Off you go. The the other interesting one, and it's all over the place as well, and again I spoke to the Taunch about this, Alison, mm-hmm. is that it is hitting at Sinn Féin all of the time. I know that Finn are starting that as well, but they've been at it all long, but again it's part of their thinking. Um, and what, what are you making of that? Is that not playing into the hands of Sinn Féin?
13: Completely, and to be honest, it is so predictable and it's so annoying at this stage. This has gone on for the
1: last number of years. But still he won't rule out completely joining them. Leo
13: Varadkar was on this morning already, say from the think tank in Limerick, going on about Sinn Féin and how, you know, if Sinn Féin get into power, what state will the housing be in? Look at the state we're in at the moment. Like, it's just to yes, be honest. Their
1: attitude to Europe is the other one that comes up but the Well, way.
13: But friend, you, you know, yes,
1: you, <laughs> I was kind of laughing
15: there when you were talking about the, their attitude to Sinn Féin, mm. but it's not so long ago since Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael were saying the same about each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
13: very true. Well, you there's, know, there's that they were never going of, to sit down say the
15: same time, yeah. you know,
1: yeah. so. There's a famous piece of video from, <laughs> <laughs> from Michael yeah. saying that very time. It's, no. it's about time there were, yeah. I, was, yeah. I think that was 2016. Well, And to
13: be honest, I think the three parties, Sinn Féin, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil, have aligned an awful lot in recent times. Yes, like, yeah. to be honest, their policies on immigration, every they're, like yeah. they're voting for Sinn Féin now to a degree feels like voting for yes. Fianna Fáil again. the all They're the time, all moving they, together, yeah. yeah. And yeah.
14: the numbers on the day are going to,
15: of course it
3: is. We'll
14: yes, if I could say one thing on that, and it's great to have Tom on my shoulder here, on my right hand. My dad was elected to the council in 1985, and Tom was a council at the time, and Tom's dad was a council at the time. And that was the sky was almost going to fall down because you know, Sinn Fein had a council elected in Cashel Town. And how was anybody going to work with Mickey Brown, he's from Sinn Fein, as if he had horns and he'd clove him feet? And Tom will tell you that. He worked away fine with me, Dad. They tried to do as much as they could for the town. I mean, the idea that if Sinn Féin come into power, that the IRA are going to suddenly come up out of the ashes and run back up the north, it's an absolute joke. The the Troubles have finished 25 years ago. This year is the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. We're not talking about the Troubles. The election is not going to be won on what happened 25, 30, 40 years ago. It's going to be won like what Alison said, on housing, on jobs, on the cost of living crisis, on the the health service, on mental health services. And if they're not being delivered now by Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael, stop saying, oh, Sinn Féin will make them worse. That's a joke.
1: People oh, are up. Okay, let, let me take another break, and our panel staying with us, and I'll be back to you in just a moment. Tip today
5: with Fran Curry with Slattery's Garage. Puck on, you can't beat experience. With over fifty years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 06724111 or Slattery's
6: If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call TIP today on 1-800-938-007.
1: Welcome back to the town of Cashel, to the main street in Cashel. We're outside of uh, Davran's iconic uh, clothing store here. And uh, we're here, of course, mainly to highlight what's been happening at the Cashel Arts uh, Festival. With me for our Friday panel, uh, Liam Brown is here, Alison Devere Hunt, and uh, Tom Wood as well. Can we touch on what's been happening in Trinity College? And Tom, if I can start with you on this, because of the whole historic nature of it. But uh, students clashing with uh, tourists because they blockaded the entrance to the Book of Kills exhibition as part of their freeze the rents housing protests and students were protesting there, the plans to raise the rent of on-campus accommodation by 2%. What did you make of that, Tom? Initially, I was disappointed
15: when I heard about yeah. it because I was visualising something similar. Supposing at the Rock of Cashel, for instance, and, and you have coach loads of tourists arriving, yes. first time ever, maybe might be the last time they'd ever be in your country and they come to the Rock of Cashel by a coach or drive themselves and they discover that on that particular day they can't go- get entry because there are people protesting outside for a particular reason and I could see that the problem there with with visitors and tourists that are already because you you are you have to queue up for quite a long time in uh, to see the the, um, the Book of Kells. Oh, do you? You don't yes. just walk in yeah. the door. So so kind of they would have had that on their agenda before they would ever come to this country. They might even have paid for their their admission ticket. Mm-hmm. I know they said they'd get their their money back because a lot of people might be on their last day's visit to Ireland. They could be going back to the airport that evening, etc., etc. But I- again, then on the other hand, this <laughs> I mean this is. So something that's becoming more popular all over the world. We've seen it at sporting events, we've seen it on tennis courts, we've seen people go out and protest for all kinds of reasons. Now, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, I suppose it all depends on what the subject matter is Mm. in your own instance, but personally, I don't like that type of an event happening. I don't think there's. I mean, what 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 is being gained from it other than the publicity that it gets all over the world that there was people protesting in in in, in Trinity mm-hmm. College outside the, the the where the Book of Kells. Was. But as you
1: say, this kind of protest is going on. What on campuses going on everywhere, now, and it has yeah.
15: increased not just in campuses, yeah. but right around in, in every situation. Yeah. You had it there at some of these. Um, Racing events, yeah. Uh, we'll what? Mo- we'll race, event yeah. Yeah. yeah, all those events. So they, they can be on, they can be on race courses on horse race courses. They can be anywhere. So you, you kind of say to yourself, look, if it happens, supposing on the day of the All Ireland hurling final, mm. if some people just decide, well, we're going to go in and we're going to just sit down there until we're taken off, and then maybe another group can come in in the second mm. half. So you know, it, it yeah, it's a, it's a great it, area, it, gives you, it gives you publicity for your, for whatever you're, yes. but it can turn people off. Of, of of it as
1: well because of the subject, of matter, the subject yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people have the right to protest, of course. Yeah, Liam, so it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a kind of a, a gray area, isn't
14: it? Yeah, I, I think what Tom just said there is that what what does it give you except publicity all over the world? That's exactly That's what they're, they're, looking they're looking for. Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's the whole point. Um, I looked at it myself as well, and I kind of put myself in the the shoes of both sides. Mm. You know, if I had gone to to the Mona Lisa in France and I wanted to see the Mona Lisa and I couldn't get in because there were students protesting, Mm. I'd feel disappointed. But on the balance, I would agree with the students. I Mm. think they've got to a stage now where the rent in Dublin has got so high that they can't afford to go to college. And it's not only the students, because I'm the parent of two kids in college in Dublin. I know how high rents are. I know that there's people listening Mm. here... um, From Tipperary, who have kids in college who are pulling their hair out with the cost of rent if they can get it in the first place. The last week, all over my Facebook page, our our parents Mm. begging for houses in Limerick, begging for houses in Cork. Like, I was speaking last night actually, someone at one of the arts festival um, events, and we don't do planning in this country at all. We really don't. I mean, we know now. We know now how many people are going to be going to college in 10 years' time, because that's what the census is for. Alison mentioned it. You know, you look at how many kids you have at, at 8 years of age now, so you don't know in 10 years' time how many you have at 18. You know, if 60% of them are going to go to third-level education, that means X amount are going to go. You have to have accommodation for them. We haven't planned for them. The amount of accommodation that has been taken up by mm. people who have come in as immigrants have come in, and now we're chasing that, it's easier to get money off the government to put uh, Ukrainian refugees into student accommodation than it is to get money off students coming from out the country. And you had the argument in Sligo, where it was Mordrover not wanting yes. to give back student accommodation after the summer finished. Uh, so that's, that's another pressure. We have people you know, who have been pushed out by tech companies in Dublin, which are great for the economy. But I mean, ordinary people can't afford the rents that are being yeah. paid and they're they, being pushed but, further and further but out.
1: It, it, part of this argument is not the funding of third level as well. Hasn't that to be looked at very seriously uh, well, at this it, point? This
14: is it. It's becoming, like I said,
1: we had a social
14: contract in this country and I const- I really believe that is that people worked, they did their best, they put yeah. their kids through college, the kids came out well educated, they worked, they started life, they bought a house, they married, they had kids, and the cycle began again. Now we have a case where it's almost impossible to go to college because you can't get rent because the cost of the cost of college. It has come down. I, I, I won't knock the government completely. There has been drops in the grants. But if you're dropping the grant by a thousand euros, but the cost of going to college is going up by 5,000 euro. Right, You're case, not going yeah. to catch it. You know, yeah. So we're coming out. The, the amount of money that people are getting for well-educated jobs isn't enough to buy a house. How, so
1: however, Alison, there was a bit of me that was kind of happy with the notion that students yes, are out absolutely. protesting. Um, do you know?
13: Exactly. And I saw a video of uh, some American tourists trying to reason mm. with the students. Yes. But, like, they have to get their point across. And I suppose, you know, with the of Cashel, Tom's point earlier, Trinity is, you know, the Book of Kells is at Trinity. So I definitely think they're looking. They were going to hit them where it hurt. Mm. And if you're going to protest, you don't want to be there for weeks on end. You want to be there and get the job done and get it get out again. Mm-hmm. I I don't blame the students. Like everything has got so expensive. And I saw online a huge amount of the comments because it was Trinity. Mm. Oh well, mommy and daddy can sort them out anyway. Yes.
1: But that's not the case with Trinity now. No, uh, not at all. Yeah, and there's yeah. a huge
13: amount of bursaries and scholarships. Yeah. And you know, it still is our elite kind of university to go to because. Because it's it's always been seen as that but i think you know if we want students to be there
3: mm.
13: like you know i know two percent doesn't sound a lot mm. but to be honest you know they need accommodation there isn't enough in the first place and keep it as it is like two percent isn't a lot so why not you know, not mm. not bring it up, leave well, it, as is it Is this
1: the beginning of something, do you think, in terms of... young? Because I thought for years that young people were just laid back and they were half listening to what's going on in politics. It didn't compare to the 60s, for example, where people were really on the street. Young people were on the streets. I know? hope
13: it is the start of something. I suppose a lot of young people, and they won't like me for saying this, have been spoon-fed. And now their parents are starting to suffer. And it's, you know, they're not able to, to pay the bills and, you know, And so the thing is, that's then directly affecting the young people. So Mm. they are taken to the streets a bit more, which is great. Mm. You know, like, I think they need to fight because... They need to stand up and be counted because yeah. we are listening to, like I said earlier, a huge amount of propaganda. So they need yeah. to actually, and you, nobody's going to stand up and be counted unless they can feel it themselves. Yeah,
1: and and while you disagree to a point with them, Tom, that notion of them getting out on the streets and uh, taking ownership, I suppose, of issues, it, it, that has to be oh, a yeah, good thing and, in its way, hasn't I it? As you
15: said, it's an entitlement that they they're free to do that. Yeah, but again, doesn't it go back again then to the the government of the day, the minister of the day? The minister responsible in in the education system, mm. we have huge numbers of students now literally being invited in from other countries around yes. the world as well, mm. which can have serious effects for accommodation mm. naturally for for our own students. Uh, I, I know that there are people going out from universities now and colleges out to countries and 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 literally inviting. Students yeah, over yeah. here is that that's is a, tow- a money making? Well, is, a lot, in yeah, a lot of yeah, cases yeah, it yeah. is, and and um, they pay they pay very high fees yeah. in, in some cases, yeah. and they're, it's because their families are able to afford to pay it; they wouldn't be invited in otherwise. Yes. So you have you have that imbalance there as well, and then it gets back to the situation about accommodation anyway. I mean, we're we're talking about it all over the country: the lack of accommodation, There the numbers that are on the housing approved housing list and even in the Casualty Prairie Care Municipal District was never like it in the past. Now most of those people are already in private rented accommodation but it's been funded uh, to a high degree by the local authority anyway. Oh. And yet you walk around the town here, you see some of the finest buildings that could be upgraded in the morning. They could be dere- some of them mm. semi-derelict. Some of them that wouldn't need a lot of work for people, for families. And have you and, gotten and your
1: head around why well, that I, is the no, case? No, and
15: what annoys me more than ever is, I, I'm living in a house that's 250 years old. It's costing us money every week of every year to keep things okay in a house like that. I have to pay property tax to enjoy living in my own house these people pay nothing up to up to the present time with all these buildings that they have when it suits them they will come and they'll sell the building and make a big profit on it and that that system and it's so easy to manage that system I mean I have an intention in the next couple of weeks to invite some of the council officials now the heads of different sections on a walk of the town here to actually bring them to the front doors of the buildings that I've been talking mm. to them about for the last five and six and seven and ten years. There are some houses in this town, I know one in particular, that hasn't had a key turned in the door in 30 years. Now, that's not mm. th- that's not what we but, should be But accepting. Tom, I think
1: it's great you're doing that, but why should you have to do but, that? Uh,
15: but, yeah, but why should you? Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't yeah, who, who's who going to do it? it? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, they're all over the place. I was in San Mel recently yeah? and I was just happened to be walking around while I was waiting for Maribel. She was gone in someplace and I went down along the streets down by the river, and to see some of the finest listed buildings, mm, I presume. Yeah. Not just not just empty, but with windows smashed in and, and people own them. Yeah. People yeah. own those buildings, yeah. and yeah. they're in every town and yeah. every village. There's in some the sort country. of an attempt
1: being made now again. out I to all to, talk to, again to get, the next is, is that what it Is, is that is that, <laughs> it, Well, this it is.
14: is it. I mean, Tom Tom mentioned something there, and it's funny we spoke of 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 during the break about how you start on one conversation and it moves into another but something Tom said there was hugely important when you talk about the students and their inability to get uh, accommodation in Dublin we used to have council housing in this country and we built estates, beautiful estates. I came from one, oliver Runger Park, love it. Sparfield, Calbro. That's where people on low and middle incomes used to live. We've stopped building council housing estates and we've started putting people into private rented accommodation. Mm-hmm. And now we give them raws and we give them HAP. So we now have 70,000 people who are living in private rented accommodation who used to be in council housing. Mm-hmm. But that means the 70,000 private rented accommodations are gone from people who needed houses to rent, yes. who only needed to be in a place for a short amount of time, which was a student. They went to Dublin for three or four years, they rented and then they went away. But now you have have people who should really have a council house, are going to be living in those accommodations, having the government paying for those accommodations for 20, 25 years to a private private landlord instead of actually building the, the, the house and stock themselves. As Tom said, it's become, it's become more profitable now to not put people into houses and that drives up the cost of land and that drives up the land value of the house than to actually house people. And if you have a system like that, you can't blame people who own the houses for maximising their own property. And that's what they're going to do. But the problem is is you're ending up with derelict derelict towns in the centres and we all every single town, what's going on in Clonmel and Marcus Street is an absolute a, joke. Absolute a, joke. And for it's sure. you know that's the yeah. sort of thing then that gets shown around the place as oh, this is Clonmel. And the last two times I've seen a picture of Clonmel, yeah. I've seen a picture of Marcus Street. All boarded up. They don't yeah, understand yeah. why it's boarded I up. Know. And nobody's doing anything about it which is worse. I'm not sure that any of you watch the uh, prime time last night the Ivy Market in Dublin beautiful Victorian building falling down because there's a fight between this crowd and that crowd and other crowd but I mean, even if you took that down and, and built on it and, and yeah. gave people in the liberties housing, you'd be do, better off. Do,
1: do you want to have a word with me because you were listening to to uh, Johnny Luby earlier on, uh, Alison, and, and he was lauding the wonderful car parking in the town. And that would 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 I be overstating it to say there would be a slight disagreement between yourself and Mr. Luby on the
13: car parking? Yes, yes. yes. on a lot, no, but on the car parking. <laughs> well, he got yes.
1: his first kiss outside the Marts. Oh, Well, sure,
13: and, and you were all good love stories, <laughs> happening. <laughs> but um, no, say. Look at what's going on up by Tesco. Um, yeah, they're taking away the car. All park, that though, car parking yeah. is gone. Like yeah. I see to drop my small lad even to preschool now on of a morning, yeah. you're waiting 15 minutes in traffic. I would say because they've four stop signs that they're alternating. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows when this is going to to end. Nobody knew. None of us, like I say to them in preschool... Did you know it
1: was going to start, more importantly? No. No, no, And,
13: like, they didn't know up there. And they're trying to get to work. And, like, it's putting everyone out. Um, But I think more so that's only temporary. But all these car parking spaces that have been taken away, like you see the the car park behind us there, Buckley's car park, Mm -hmm. that's been halved in Mm -hmm. the last number of years. Like they had bus parking outside the credit union that had to be taken away because it was quite frankly, dangerous. And here we are getting rid of more car parking space. There are more cars on the road. Liam and myself were actually talking about this earlier. Um, And and, and Tom as well. And Tom was saying there's more people coming into town. But they're going to do that. So we need to have some sort of space for them. Nobody seems to use the council car park up near the graveyard. Because it's just that bit far. People don't want to walk, Mm. as Liam had said. Yeah, but
1: you were saying that Liam, that people expect, you see, to have a car park right beside the retailer that they want to use. And they don't want to walk very far and that's yeah. that's impossible but, but friend but yes,
5: friend
15: the care road situation is, <coughs> is even worse than that Yeah. because the road now is, is so narrow and and modern machinery now is very wide yeah. Yeah. i've seen situations and i've had people contact me themselves and not, not that i can't do anything about it only pass it on to the the engineers or whatever but but for a car to drive out the care road especially when you when you pass tesco as you're heading on to the the next roundabout and if there's a, a wide vehicle coming against you there's literally the, yes. the, the, there the, the so centimeters between well, you Well that's happening in every well, that was, town, that yeah, the foot but footpaths
1: are being widened, but, yeah. Like that, but that's
15: fine. That's yeah. fine if you're able to get the machinery and the trucks onto the motorway yes. or onto the, onto a, a, a major road. We have the same situation. I, I mean, I walk that road every day because I go up to the school of Maribel at half eight in the morning. Four times or five times in the last couple of mornings, we've been told we have to cross to the other side of the road to yeah. the footpath yeah. and then back. To, and you can't even right. do it because I, because I have to wrap it up. Way. You want a quick I, word I, on I'm it? I'm
14: really particularly annoyed by that particular narrowing of the road. I understand yeah. to bring, bring down, but the last time the council did that, there was a young a young lad killed on the road, yeah.
1: because he couldn't get out for a road right. and was well, ran off okay. by a car.
15: 700,000 right. so, okay. so far, I believe, and heading a Waste of money, waste well, of money. And every absolutely. footpath in town could be either. done. Yeah. Alright guys,
1: I, I, it, yeah. I must leave it there, but thank you so much for being a great panel. Uh, Alison Devere Hunt with us, Liam Brown and uh, Tom Wood. That's it uh, for me. Thanks to Ali and to Emma and to Owen for looking after us this morning. But thanks to uh, Ramey Dabran and his wonderful um, uh, family there for looking after us and giving us hospitality this morning as well. We want to wish the very, very best of luck to Cashel Arts Festival, and I'll talk to you on Monday, where I think my first guest will be Simon Coveney. Look after yourselves in the meantime, won't you? Bye-bye.
5: Tip today with Fran Curry With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie